Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley is here. Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker. Good morning, kids. How we doing? Good morning. Everybody fired up about another <sighs> exciting Friday uh, Eve. No, no. tra tra huh? No. Not today. CD, did you watch that Not game today. last night? There was, just, there was like no positives. You no, had no, Edmund. No, tra oh. No, you had Edmund hurt. Lars Newbar hurt, which, uh, you know, that's Luther devastating. Nation. Oh, rejoice? Oh, no. No, no we're, we're not, not rejoicing, rejoicing right now. No, it's no, uh, not a great, it's not unfortunate. A great. Oh, we're just going to say Newt Nation right now. Oh, uh, yeah, that we're, was. We're still going on strong. That was not great. Yeah. No, that, that looked, looked painful. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. You had yeah. that. And then you had uh, Matthew Levitore. Yeah, kind of scuffling. His velocity dropped. It did. And that's that's a little bit concerning. It was like low 90s, and after that last outing against the Rays, he looked great, and I think he was averaging around 95 with his fastball velocity, but yes. then to see it dip into the low 90s like that, and that first inning was, was just not good, and it seems like he just couldn't get fully settled in. Looks like he lost his command a little bit. I don't know. It was just, it was really a stark difference going from that one of his best outings of his career to what we saw last night. And I wonder if that's fixable in game. If a pitching coach, any pitching coach, is capable when they see a pitcher who in his last outing was throwing 96, 97 and now is down at 92, 93, 94, if a pitching coach can come out. And make a mound visit and say, okay, here's what we got going on and fix that. Yadi was a guy that could do that, but Yadi isn't here anymore. But I wonder if there is any pitching coach anywhere that mechanically could fix a guy that quickly. What is it? What is the the dropping in velo? What is that? What is mechanics. the cause of that? Mechanics. Just not mm-hmm. hitting the same spot, not hitting well, the same and, and angle. Repeatable delivery. Every single yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Someone should be able to go tell him that. If he's not able to recognize it himself, someone in that dugout, someone somewhere should be watching and be able to. I remember when I was playing in college, my, my running back coach came and told me, he said, hey, my buddy told me every time you have your mouthpiece in your helmet, it's a pass. Every time it's in your mouth, it's a run. And he was right. It, it, it literally, it was just that simple. That was my way of getting that damn thing out of my mouth to be able to breathe. I knew I wasn't going to have to block anybody. I could pass block without it. It didn't bother me. But he knew that I was either running a route or it was a pass play based on my mouthpiece. Somebody watching the game was able to tell him that. That happened to Frank Gore. Remember when he was with the Niners and the Rams noticed that if he was scanning the field yes. from running yep. back, he, he's he got his hands on yep. his knees. Scanning the field, it's a pass. Yep. If he's not, it's, it's a run. A run. Yep. And sometimes you don't even realize it, like you said, until somebody points yep. it out because so many different things going on. I hate to see that for Matthew Libertor. That happened last night, to have that much of a difference from that last fantastic start because we know the competition. We know what's at stake here especially for those guys but if anything i he's young so of course you have to give him more opportunities more chances which is what they're going to do as they continue to evaluate him 
I just still think that you still have to stick with the plan of getting three starting pitchers outside the organization because you can still have that uh, competition for, you know, that extra six man spot, some more depth between Dakota Hudson, Matthew Libertor, and even a Drew Rahm. But you can't have the same thing. (laughs) Yes, you're right. You you can't have the same thing going into next season where you think you have these pieces that you're going to rely on and things don't pan out. You need to go out and get three starting pitchers. So Libby allowed four runs in the first, but the Cardinals actually had an opportunity in the bottom of the second. Alec Burleson, Burleson with a double. Then Jordan Walker with a base hit. Burleson moves to third. And then after a strikeout by Luke and Baker, uh, Brooke, uh, Andrew Kisner walked. <laughs> you just want to you just want to throw that out there. <sighs> you know what? I as Ollie Marmont would say, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear yeah, it. Yeah. I, and here's the thing, though. I was I was just wanting an opportunity for him. Oh, yeah, he's it's, getting an opportunity. He is definitely mm-hmm. getting an opportunity. So it just sucks to see this happen. It does. Course. After Andrew Kisner walked, uh, Taylor Motter struck out looking. That's my guy. That's your guy. And then Tommy Edmond <laughs> stepped to the plate. So Taylor Motter, the hitter, bases loaded, one out. We'll see if he can make a big pitch here against Motter. There it is. Sinker. What a clutch pitch there by Blackburn. So if he can find a way to get out of this. And he will get the job done. Paul Blackburn rises to the occasion and keeps the Cardinals off the board. Dang. Well, that was not great. It was not great at all. Now, there were other things that happened in this game that were not great. And, well, hey, come on now, Matthew. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Rocchio. I, I, was, I just called He's you Matthew Libertor. Uh, so, uh, you say my velo's down? Uh, oh, yeah. a, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> So the Cardinals are uh, trying to score some runs, and they fall behind uh, four nothing, five nothing, ultimately seven nothing. But uh, they also had a rough situation in the bottom of the fifth. That gets Newt Bar, well, and that does that does not look like it's just a run of the meal off the shin kind of feeling. I mean, he is in some serious pain. Oh, I think we know why. <clears throat> yep. Seen any good movies lately? <laughs> the way that he changed the yeah, subject, that, the, that call, but oh, the real, you could tell the realization right when it hit oh, yeah. for everybody involved. Yeah. The broadcasters and for Lars Newbar. I, well, and I for, for us, for I mean, for the yeah. nutty neuters of New Nation, that was just oh. devastating. You, you, keep, you keep trying to rope it, me into it was, this. It was more devastating for him. Oh yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. That 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 was awful. It it was just reminded me of Yachty when that happened a few years oh. ago. Yeah. That was that was bad. Yeah. So anyway, that was uh, by the way that was not well. It was at the same time. That was strike three and ball one on on Nuke Bar. <laughs> or ball two. Randy ball or ball two. No. <laughs> no. Randy. <laughs> Wow. That's awful. <laughs> How far do we get today before Randy gets canceled? Because we, we, we were very close to it yeah, yesterday. Yeah, he, was, he was trying. Oh, guys, come on now. <laughs> so uh, Matthew Libertor, Matthew Libertor, four and a third. He allows six runs. Five of them earned on ten hits, struck out five, and notably walked three. So things were not great for Matthew Libertor. Just like some tightness, soreness, you know, like. That's Ryan Helsley talking about how he's going to If I get ahead and count, my velo's up and I'm lining the breaking ball for strikes, that's a whole different ballgame. So.
Yeah, I, I would say that that is something. And so he knows what he needs to do to make his velocity more consistent. But what about slipping into those bad habits that plagued him earlier? Uh, it's frustrating. Um, you know, I felt like I uh, turned a corner a little bit in Tampa and um, felt great in the first inning again today. Vila was there, stuff was there, um, and just kind of wasn't able to find it after that. So I'd say pretty frustrating. When you're a big fellow like that, tall drink of water like Matthew Libertor, it is hard to get a repeatable... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a tall drink of water. Like that. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to get a repeatable uh, set of mechanics. It took Randy Johnson forever to have a repeatable set of mechanics. Now, he, he was 6'9", so 6'10", uh, a taller guy. But when you are that tall, it really is hard to... There's a lot of moving parts. It's hard to be repeatable. Well, I, I mean, that comes with just doing it over and over and over again. It's muscle memory. It's the repetitions that... The more you do it, the better it should become. And so hopefully he finds some type of uh, ability to do it consistently. Right now, the start he had last start was really, really good. You know, you talked about it in town, but it was really good. And so you get out there today, and it just doesn't go in the manner in which last night, it doesn't go in the manner in which you thought it should. And it, it puts you in a bind. It puts your team in a hole to start down. They were down 4-0 in the first yeah. game to, to start off before you even get a chance to get to the plate as a team to be down four runs. That changes the entire mind, mind process for, for all of the batters that come up to the plate. Now they feel like, oh, I got to make a play. I got to do this. I got to do this. Where if you just take care of your business in the, in the top half of the first inning, it makes life easier on everyone. Yeah, it's easy to see how that can really affect players. Because even Matt Holliday in that interview that I was talking about yesterday that he did, he spoke about some of the Cardinals' issues this season. And he talked about that, how that mentality really does affect the hitters whenever you have your pitching suffering like that because then you're pressing more. And how many times do we see that this season? And you see that last night where things just fall apart. Right. And tonight, the Cardinals will try to get back on the winning track. Adam Wainwright looking for win number 199. He'll be opposed by the former Cardinal, former Pirate, former Cub, former White Sox, Jose Quintana, who's 0-4. And, and we're back to 615 tonight at the ballpark. And I think we're back to Chip being on the Chip. call. Chip. on Bally Sports. Uh, by the way, Cardinal people, we know you listen. And the Cardinal fans, we know you're, you're listening. And we Cardinal players and management, we know you're listening. And when we said that we should feel sorry for A's fans yesterday, we didn't mean that you should take it literally. No. Oh. And say give them a reason to have a good day. <laughs> no. Give them eight runs and you score zero. Yeah, that, that's a good day for A's fans. That's the, that's, that was their third shutout of the season, the athletics. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. They're terrible, They're Randy. bad. They're and, bad. And Those are things I don't want to know. These CD. are the things that are frustrating to me when you watch this. Like you can't lose to the Oakland Athletics in that manner. Thirty-four and eighty-seven. These are. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. <Sam. laughs> you're, you're right. I get it. It's baseball. You won the series. Tra la, tra la. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, come on, man. Fight. Yeah. Compete. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's Let's... why you have Luke and Baker here. You have Taylor Motter in your life. What else do you want, CD? That's competing. Uh, I want guys to compete. I don't. They're all professional athletes. Compete. Play hard. Try hard. Play hard. Do I love job. that. I love guys to try hard and play hard. Mm-hmm. Gotta, gotta go. Gotta do your job. Yep. Or sometimes you don't have a job. It's that's true. How, that's how baseball well, go. And. All due respect. I want everybody to give 100% except for me. <laughs> but all due respect to those that can give 
if I can get a better player that's going to help me win that gives 95 percent I'll take the 95 percent or over the 110 percent or I'll take the the 95 percent or with talent and the ability to help me win games over the 110 percent or with try hard that's so why you, I want to see just guys get opportunities, right? Like with Luke and Baker, just want to see him get opportunities. It doesn't look great right now, of course, no. but I just want to see guys get opportunities, especially right now in this moment where I'm sorry, but we, we see where things are, right? We can, we can safely say that the season is not going to pan out into anything with some later baseball, even though we have some texters who like to re- say to us, the season's not over yet. Yeah, it's over. I just I want to see more uh, exactly. guys get opportunities. According to some people on this text line, it's not. But you and I know it. We I think we pretty much know that this is a uh, uh, okay. Know. If Rock said eleven and three over the next fourteen yeah. games yesterday, so. is that including yesterday's loss? Oh, was that? Yeah, they want to take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I understand. They, they didn't go eighteen and two. Or they're done. I, I, I understand I, your opinion. You already yeah. I understand I, where you're done since they lost more than two games in that <laughs> twenty game stretch. And by the way, I I believe that those people that are saying it's not over, they're looking back to twenty eleven and saying, okay, it has <sighs> happened. They aren't saying that they would put big money on the Cardinals making the playoffs. They're just saying that. Uh, on Randy's birthday, August 19th of 2011, he said they had a, the Cardinals, that Cardinal team, had a 0% chance of making the playoffs. Literally zero. And I said it both on radio and television. And I was proven dramatically wrong. Yeah. If you're going to be wrong about something, at least it's something like that where there you, you come yeah. out with a championship. Yeah. I also, <laughs> wonderful. I think I may have guaranteed a Super Bowl 36 Rams victory. Hmm. Uh, but so does a lot of people with the 14 and a half point spread there. That was pretty easy. You said you want somebody to give 90, 95%. I'll take a 95% talented so, player over 110%. So you're going to take Randy Moss over Steve Tasker every day of the week. I am. <laughs> yes. I, there you go, CD. That's, that's it. I don't care if Randy Moss takes to the place where he's not getting the ball off. Yeah, just wow. drop back Randall and let her rip. Shout and, out to uh, Steve from, Tasker. He's yeah. a hell of a special teamer. He really was. But yep. uh, yeah, uh, I'm not taking him over Randy Moss. <laughs> it was your fault for calling us yep. land. <laughs> it really was. He wasn't going to run in there. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I run well, go routes. Well, and that's uh, in the 1999 playoff game, the Rams knew they were going to win because before that game, and he's a hard guy to catch, but they knew that they were going to hit him. And he wouldn't want to play anymore. And that's exactly what happened. They hit him, and he quit playing until the fourth quarter, until it was uh, 49 to 17. Oh. Yeah, it was. Uh, Roland Williams was scoring touchdowns. Ryan Tucker was scoring touchdowns. Jeff Robinson was Everybody scoring. Scored. As our buddy Roland Williams said, it's a spectacle. <laughs> Coming up next on 101 ESPN. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399 9646. 314 399. Yo ho. We've got sick of it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke, Kerry, Randy, it is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And we mentioned the other day that the Buffalo Bills are going to handle some of the cost overruns of their new stadium. And a lot of the public money, $650 million of state money, was taken out of the New York State education budget to be used toward the uh, construction of the Buffalo Bills new stadium. 
uh, guys, I am sick of the fact that we downplay the qual- the necessity of quality education in our country. And that's the main reason as a country we're being passed up. And this is a sports thing, and I'm a sports mm-hmm. guy. But I'm saying, okay, enough of this. We've got enough lack of education already. We can't have more lack of education. I know that sounds like a conundrum, but it, and it kind of is. We can't have less education in our country. We need more even if people are saying, oh, let's do do sports rather than education. We can't do that. And I'm sick of the fact that we do. No, I, I 100% agree with you. As, as somebody who grew up, my mother was a teacher. My aunt was a teacher. I come from that. I know how much those teachers go through. They are not compensated enough sometimes for everything they have to deal with. And not only just with children, and that's such a vital part, right, of Mm -hmm. coming together. I can still remember some of my teachers, even through elementary school, and how much they helped me become the person I am today. And then even to the sometimes the support they don't get from local government and even federal government, those that stuff is really frustrating because We need people to be more educated. We were just talking about during the break some of the misinformation that we've seen, even where I'm sorry, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The space lasers theory with the Hawaii fires. Come on. Come on now. That is that is absolutely. Yes, it is absolutely insane. And it concerns me that people will believe a social media post that does not cite any of its sources or even look reputable in any regard. They will believe that over actually going and doing their research. So education is something I believe is vitally important. So we don't turn into that movie idiocracy. I think that's kind of where we're headed. (laughs) It's just, it's easy to be, I guess, ignorant to things or just not pay it attention. Is. I mean, one of the things, one of the main things you learned in school is check your sources. When you when you yes. read something, when you write something, check the sources. And if it's not a reputable source, you don't uh you don't retweet it or or write it down or you know I don't know. I get it. I don't get it, but I get it. Some people just go through life and say whatever the hell ever. I think when I'm sick of Brooke, I'm going to I'm going to kind of piggyback off of yours because the ignorance that people loose and lose are two different words (laughs) and mean two different things. Loose is like loose fitting, loose clothes. It's not it's not lose. And so sometimes people have the tendency to I hate to loose a game in that manner. (laughs) It's not the right word. Two, two and two. Different words. There, there, there and there. there. Different words. They're over there drinking their coffee. There now you, you guys go. are just coming after T- Tanner Hendricks and T-Bone. And, is, that, and that, is that him? It's personal. Is that him? Was that a direct shot? I actually think you did that. No, I think Matthew did that under the guise that it's me. I didn't know Tanner did that. Yeah. Tanner has a little trouble with the twos and the theirs. Two, two, and two. We're trying to help him. Oh, my gosh. I I feel you on that. It it gets frustrating for sure. It's hard to read some people's texts or or when they tweet something. You're like, what the hell? What are you trying to say? (laughs) I want to know what you're trying to say so I can maybe answer it. Yes. Or maybe I shouldn't just walk away because that's a dumbass text. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So so we've got, uh, we're we're on the subject here. Uh, I hate it when broadcasters, ostensibly professional broadcasters on TV, say that uh, that was a lackadaisical play. There's lax and there's lackadaisical. 
There is no such thing as lackadaisical. Mm. They're, just, they're just combining the words. I know, but it's not in the dictionary, and I'm not going to do it if it's not in the dictionary. You can add it. Well, I, I'm going to go a little bit off subject from everything that we're talking about, because I was thinking about this yesterday, and CD, I want to get your thoughts on this, being obviously a super former NFL player, Super Bowl champ. I am sick of people reading a little bit too much into these training camps and practices, especially the one-on-one battles. And I'm talking about sometimes the reporters really just like overselling some of these one-on-one battles. Like yesterday, I was freaking out because did you guys see what happened with Traylon Burks? Yes. Where he was carted off. Luckily, it's not going to be something hopefully that serious. He'll be out a few weeks. But still, I mean, some of the reports coming out of Titans camp was like, this man died. And I was I was deeply concerned. Yeah. But even outside of that, I, I even sent you guys some stuff that one of the reporters has been saying about some of the battles, uh, one-on-one battles, and it just is so dramatic sometimes. Oh, so I'm yeah, sick yeah. of the dramatizing of just a simple practice. Last and week, I think that could be college yeah, football, too. Right. And it, it might be a Titans thing, too, because last week I noticed that, and I don't know who even tweeted it, but it was in practice Tannehill just threw a bad interception I there. I sent it to you guys. Concerning. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I sent it to you guys. <laughs> really? <laughs> it was Paul Kaharski, which yeah, I know okay. he has a huge he has a huge following. And that's kind of Paul's style of uh-huh. things is to kind of be like a little bit more doom and gloom mm-hmm. and like kind of point out some of the really negative stuff. But then I just sat there and think, th- thought about it. I'm like, these are just like one-on-one battles. Well, it's just practice. As a player, practice. whenever, I mean, whenever you see those reports <laughs> where people are like really dramatizing things from those battles, so what do you think? I, I think that training camp practices as mundane as it can be. It's all day. Well, it's not. I, I can't speak for what it is now. Mm-hmm. I can speak for what it was when I was playing. It yeah. was every day. It was the same people, the same men every day. It's hot. We're hitting each other. And we're sick of each other. We love each other. But at some point, you're getting on my damn nerves, bro. <laughs> you you know the tempo of this period. Don't go that hard. And now you want to continue. And so now we got to fight or we have to argue. And, and here's the thing. I always say this as a coach. I say this. It, it's, it's almost exciting when you have your offense wins one day and your defense wins mm-hmm. one day. It either means you have a really good offense and defense or you got a really bad offense and defense. Just trying to figure out which one it is. But having one side just beat up on the other one, that's yeah. going to scare the hell out of you. CD, Dick Vermeil always tells his story about 1998 where he'd walk off the field with his assistants and say, Either our defense is really bad or that number 10, because when Kurt Warner was wearing 10, that, then, that number 10 in practice is pretty darn good. Yeah, really. Try to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, as a, uh, again, former NFL player, is it ever possible under any circumstances to throw a concerning interception in August? In a uh, game? In practice? In no. Practice, game? I don't no. think it's concerning. I mean... No, it's no, not. It, that's why it's practice. It's you yeah. learn, you watch the film, and now you say, hey... Don't throw that there. Yeah, yeah just don't right. do that again. <laughs> somebody, just real quick, somebody texted in, Brock Purdy has thrown 10 interceptions in practice. Okay, maybe that's a... Concerning. No, it's a good defense. <laughs> I'm more talking about specifically the drama, like just dramatizing those right. practices, yeah. like with the tweet that I sent you guys, where it's just like, okay, all right. It's, it's not. It's right. fine. Can you run down the litany of teachers in your family again for... CD and I. Oh, my mother was a teacher mm-hmm. and my aunt was a teacher. Okay. Very nice. It kind of reminded me of this. <laughs> Being an expert on general automotive knowledge, 
Can you tell me what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine? Oh, well, we, we can't play that. I, I didn't even you know, didn't that, know that was coming. I didn't know that was coming. I did. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, so anyway, but <laughs> anyway, was a mechanic. Her uncle was a mechanic. Her uh, cousin was a mechanic. Her brother was a mechanic. She helped out as a mechanic. So, yeah, all of that stuff. So, anyway, uh, it was it was a BS question. Did we, did though. we get it out of there? Yeah, we, we did. got it. it was all a right. BS question. Good all job, right, want a text or two? We, 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 since we asked for text, we'll get a text or two for sick of it here on 101 ESPN. Matthew, what do we got? I'm sick of the exorbitant price of concert tickets. It's becoming an entire paycheck just to enjoy a night out. Concerts are expensive. Yeah, they are. Especially like Taylor Swift and Beyonce are mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to decide if I'm going to pay the mortgage this month or <laughs> go watch the Beehive. And it comes, <laughs> the back the Swifties. The, comes back to the secondary market, doesn't it? Because it, it, the, the people that are performing, just like sports teams, they know that somebody's going to get X amount of dollars on the secondary market. Well, why don't I get that amount of money? Yeah. I I was actually looking because Beyonce is coming soon. I was looking. I was like, you know, I'll just go check to see what the tickets are like on a Monday. I think dollars. Yes, it yeah. was. It's like so expensive. Yeah, make a decision. Yeah, uh, yeah. do I want to eat this month or, go to- <laughs> or do I want to watch Beyonce? Yeah. That's a lot like of decisions. Yeah, there you go. Totally Beyonce. Uh, I'm sick of drive-throughs asking for tips. Someone has to say it. Now I listen here. I I am all for giving people their tip when they are serving your food. This started, and now this started when COVID hit because people were, you know, they were bringing your food out to you. There were no restaurants that were open. So you you felt like, okay, I I can understand it. They're they're missing out on this portion of their salary. They're not getting a lot of money. Mm -hmm. No, not now. Take it off of the the options. I hate it. I'm going to hit Z. I I took a cab ride the other day (laughs) from an airport. It was five miles. It cost me thirty six dollars, and this man had the audacity. Oh, why didn't you take an Uber? To, I, I didn't realize I was I was scuffling trying to get there. I, I missed the shuttle, I, and so I, I, the man had the audacity to have tip on there. I got a tip for you. Better get the hell out of my face, sir. Yeah, thirty six dollars. Now I get it when it's a bartender that's getting paid like three dollars an hour or whatever, yes. and you, you you go in and it's not an ordinary place where you're going to get carry out. But when the people, and I know it's still minimum wage, but that being the case, their job to be paid for by the employer includes what would be tips. Yes. If you work at a restaurant, if you work at Pasta House or Fleming's or uh, Paul Mano's, you're you're getting below minimum wage, I believe, still as a server, and that's why I have no problem providing those people with tips. But you're but, supposed to, and you make it up in tips. Is, is exactly the thing. right. Yeah. As a bartender, you could you can explain that to me better. But if your job at, for example, next door at McDonald's, you're getting seventeen dollars an hour or whatever it is, then you aren't making less, and you don't make your money. Through tips. That's just not the way it's set up. Yeah. Yeah. I worked at Chick-fil-A. So I worked in, I, it's fast food, but it's nice fast food. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting tips at Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A doesn't ask for tips. But then when I went over into bartending, you only make, I mean, you make very little on your paycheck, but you're making that up in tips. And you, if you're good at your job, you're mm-hmm. typically making way more than the minimum wage. And Brooke, at least you should be. Even as a bartender, like something that is not ordinary for a bartender is 
getting the food, getting getting it all bagged up, getting it all prepared for somebody to pick it up. Yeah. Right? That's that's a part that's an extension of your job. It's not an ordinary part of your job, right? So you should be tipped for that. Yeah. I mean, that's I think I like think. 10, 15 yeah. percent is fine. 15 percent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I better say 15 before <laughs> yeah. somebody's like, yeah. I'm in the service industry and you need to do more than yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, you got people going. So we got a couple texts like this. Sick of it. The word irregardless. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just regardless. <laughs> Please stop it. Thank you very much. You're 100 <laughs> percent correct. Is that one that like the people at Webster have kind of screwed us because they actually like went in and changed and they're like no it means yeah. both now yeah it, it is it's just the, the ear if it's, is, in the, if it's in the dictionary yeah. then it's a word that's what i'm saying they, they changed yeah. the they changed the definition of yeah. uh literally yeah the, I, oh. the ir oh. is redundant right if, if it's say irregardless it's it's a redundancy yeah it's, it's from the department of redundancy redundancy department <laughs> <laughs> oh okay there we by, go. the one that always got me by the way i know if we're doing this uh, when people added the s on anyway when they say anyways I don't know why. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a little thing, but mm. God, it bothers crazy, me. Crazy. Well, RBI. Uh, well, we're we are. Oh, you got to get that last one in. So we're done with sick of it. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, bird watch next here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. from the opening drive on 101 ESPN. <laughs> it was Teddy Roosevelt that said, uh, speak softly and carry a big Teddy stick, not FDR. Very important. Yeah, and then William Howard Taft was the he big had fellow the, in the big, big bathtub. The big bathtub. I just remember visiting Washington, D.C., an elementary school, and them talking about that. And for whatever reason, I will never yeah, forget and it. and I think it, like, that got constrained to people like learning that he got stuck in a bathtub yes. when he was president. But it's not <laughs> that. It's that he had like, a special I, bathtub. I think we should that was just, super large. Don't you think we should just keep that myth alive? Why not? He also invented the seventh inning stretch. Billy Taft, right. Yep. It's time for bird droppings. All right, uh, guys, I am not a doctor. I play one on the radio at some time. <laughs> but I can tell you this, that Lars Newbar does not have a lower abdominal contusion. Oh, no. oh. oh okay. No. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. You don't oh, say no. so. No, I don't. That, <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's I mean, not it is a little, it's a little lower, it's you know. Kind of, yeah. Should we just start specifying like hockey does or not specifying as I should oh, yeah. say, where yeah. it's just like lower, lower body, body injury, injury. Body. Lower, lower body. body. Yeah, I, I would have been okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, 
Uh, here's here's the thing, and, and Brooke, painful. you don't get this as much as the guys do. No, that of course should not. be referred to as. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't get it, but the way oh, that he was yo, crawling yeah. around, because that that looked so bad. It just reminded me. I broke my nose in high school, and I just know that I crawled around. I know that pain, at mm-hmm. least uh, not there, but yeah. uh, that pain of like where you just have to crawl around and you're that, searching for anything of yeah. like, please help me. That's a pain that that causes your breath to be taken away. Yes, it does. It, it's yeah. you have to breathe. Like I, I you, it's you got to breathe. You got to breathe. You got to yeah. make sure you you're breathing. And and the position when you're on all fours is generally it, it yeah. helps. Yeah. <laughs> it helps. Yeah. Lower abdominal <laughs> contusion is a nice. Thing to say, but that uh, is not a lower is abdominal. He, is he going to miss a day or two? I would think a day. Yeah. Uh, a day, so. yeah. Uh, Brooke, so the world needs to know how you broke your nose. Uh, cheerleading. Okay. Oh, okay. Context I didn't board. know that. It was yeah. a context for uh-huh. Yes. What happened? Um, so I was a base and I was tossing a girl up and she was always kind of a little sloppy whenever she was coming oh. down the turns and she didn't, she's supposed to tuck in her elbow and she didn't oh. and instead landed on my face. Oh. Was it blood Ouch. everywhere? Um, I can't remember oh, a single thing. I just, thinking? I just know that I was crawling, and I remember people saying I was crawling, and so that was about <laughs> it. Yeah, it was. It was How uh, old were you? Uh, probably around like fifteen oh, or something wow. like that. And they just, yeah, they just said, "Oh, it'll be fine. You know, yeah, you it'll, can... it will eventually go back into place." Oh man, that's what happened with my nose when I broke it too. Really? Mm-hmm. I've been fortunate; never had broken that's nose. Good. I'm going to go with uh, Tyler O'Neill. It's interesting that you did a splat because it since. Uh, no, that was fine. No. No, 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 no. You were right. No. Uh, August, the month of August, he is batting 171. He is a uh, slug of one, 463, a 724 OPS, but just not hitting the ball as often as we'd like. Um, he was 324 in the month of July when he returned from, from injuries. So hopefully he can get back to hitting the ball more, hitting the ball harder. He's got a few home runs. got four home runs since his return. Didn't have any in, all, in uh, July. Has four in August. But just him playing at the level. And, and again, this is both for him and for the Cardinals. If they decide that they want to keep him here, he is probably going to be an everyday player, I would assume. If not, you want him to be at his highest value. I don't think his value was as high as it could have been at the trade deadline as it can be at the end of the season if he performs well. But it's the consistency. You're seeing that a lot with this team. You've seen, you've seen it with the pitchers. You've seen it with some position players. The inconsistency is is troubling at times, and that's why this team is, what is it, 13 games under 500? Yeah. <laughs> it's very inconsistent. So, if we look at O'Neill's career, not that he's played a lot, but I would think that he's probably never put together three above-average months in a row. Has he hmm. played three months in a row? I think maybe that would once. be the the what twenty nineteen or twenty twenty one. But even then, he was dealing with injuries during yeah, that season. In twenty twenty one, he played one hundred and thirty eight games. So he was very consistent that year. Well, in terms of playing games, but in yeah. terms of the performance, though, he didn't really turn it on until the last couple of months. So I would say no, that uh, he has not been. There, there has not been a consistent, above average three months in his career. That'd be my guess. So, uh, gotta, let's see. O- OPS is in twenty twenty one, eight oh five ten twenty oh eight seventeen. Okay, but then let's see. Check games. Okay, I will. Uh, I am wrong there. Twenty twenty one, April, May, June, pretty darn good. Then he falls off to a six sixty nine in July, 
and then comes back in August and September, and he was really good. So uh, I was wrong. He ha- he was really good in 2021. So maybe the question is, what is that the longest stretch that we've seen him consistently yes. play? It was 2021 during one that time. stretch. Because he's only played 100 games in a season one time. Wow. That's got to be frustrating for him. Yeah. I would think so. I I definitely would. Well, guys, my bird watch, because I'm doing a watch. Bird dropping. Oh, you're oh, watching. No, I'm doing okay, a watch. Good. I like this. I'm doing a watch because I keep talking about it. I just want to see young guys get opportunities. And I'm not saying just yet maybe for Gordon Graceffo, but I just at least want to point out a great performance that he had last night. So last night he pitched five scoreless innings, allowed two hits, struck out six, and he did walk three, though. But still, that was one of the, his best outings that we've seen for him this season. His velo was up a couple of ticks, even hitting 97 at one point. It was just very encouraging when you're talking about guys that you either could get some value out of, because I know that you've brought up Graceffo, Randy, mm-hmm. and possible trades, because you might have to give up a pitcher to get a starting pitcher. Um, but also, if that's not the case, then it seems at least promising with Gordon Graceffo and what he's doing. Giving him up would be potentially yes. dangerous, mm-hmm. if not horrible, because he has ability. But that being said, uh, when you look at the Cardinals guys like Reyes and Flaherty, they didn't give the Cardinals what they expected. As a matter of fact, the Cardinals really haven't gotten much out of a young pitcher in a long, long time. I'm just saying that I would not be averse to including him in a deal for a guy who's already a young, established number one like Dylan Cease. And you might have to is the thing. You just might have to to just sweeten the pot with the trade package. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if we'll see him this season come up. I don't know the likelihood of that, but I would like to. I I mean, I think what, what 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 else you got? That's what what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And it'll be interesting because I assume with these injuries with Tommy Edmond and Lars Newtbar, who knows what's going to happen with Lars Newtbar and how long he'll be out. Maybe it's just a day. But you might see some roster moves, especially with Tommy Edmond, who's been dealing with some things. I know it's a bruised calf. And we love Tommy Edmond. Mm -hmm. But you might be forced to make some roster moves here soon. Yeah. So why not? And, And we, we want to see this guy. And by the way, Graceffo last year, his last start of the season at Springfield, he set down the first 17, win six innings, he allowed one hit and struck out nine with no walks. And apparently it was 96-97 that whole game too. And he's a guy that has tremendous ability, 23 years old. But again, the Cardinals have brought up a lot of guys with tremendous ability over the years. And Matt Morris turned out to be really good. Most of the other guys got hurt and really didn't give the Cardinals what they expected. Shelby Miller was supposed to be awesome. Didn't wind up being awesome. Reyes, Flaherty, uh, Anthony Reyes. I mean, there's a a litany of names. Alan Watson, Donovan Osborne. We we can go all the way back to those guys. And the young pitchers the Cardinals have brought up just haven't worked out like we expected that they would. This is, yeah, got to... They got to come up and, and perform well and when you get your opportunities. And if you don't perform well, you don't continue to get those opportunities. And that's the that's the part of the business that as a young player, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that is pressing on you is I haven't made it yet. 
I know I got to perform. I'm, I know I'm getting this opportunity, and it feels like every single start yeah. is is it just weighs that much more when you're when you're a young player trying to get your get your feet set in the in the major leagues. And if anything, if we're talking about pressure situations and seeing how guys handling it, that's actually good for these young players yeah. to see mm-hmm. how they're handling the adversity right now. Because while maybe of course you're still trying to win games, but we know the season has not panned out as expected. And so for these young players, how are they handling? handling the pressure of, okay, it's on you to make it into next season to make this roster. And the other question is, speaking of pressure, what's the sense of urgency for the organization coming off of this year? And I know it's not over yet, but what's the sense of urgency to win next year? And do you better have a better chance of winning with a veteran or with Gordon Graceffo? So for me, the Cardinals are working in the short term here because they can't lose two years in a row. No. No, no way. Especially this manner. <laughs> no, right. Well, can I ask what happened to Juan Yepes? Why has he just been casted away? In purgatory? Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he's had a bad year down there, hasn't he? He had a couple home runs last night. He did. Okay. But uh, I just was wondering. I wonder if he's a guy that really you... benefited from the presence and the coaching of Albert Pujols. Mm. He, I mean, Albert Pujols did say, what was it that he said specifically he said about Yepes? He's going to hit 1,000 home runs. He said he's going to be the next great player. Yeah, the Cardinals, some of that sort. He's up to 277 with a 921 OP. Or no, that was last year. Uh, he's up to 232 with a 716 OPS, which is up for him this year at Memphis. I don't know what happened to him. His hey, his we, defense, maybe they just uh, couldn't figure out yeah. a position to play him in. I don't know because they had so many great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's been so many defensive highlights this year. Think about this though. <laughs> He would have been the hero last year if if Helsley's finger injury doesn't pop up. Yeah. He's the hero in game one, and you probably, well, you definitely have a better chance in that series against Philly because of Juan Yepes. He yep. had the two-run homer for the only two runs the Cardinals got in that playoff game. Yeah, great question. And he's only 25, I think, right? Yeah, 25 years old. Yeah. Uh, that's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. And thank you very much for joining us here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Next up, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. Take it or leave it coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Time for Tioli here on 101 ESPN. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line again, 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! Okay, this is actually a serious one from me, guys. Reports this morning that the charges against Wander Franco will prohibit him from ever playing Major League Baseball again. Judging by the results of the investigations that are currently being carried out, that according to Hector Gomez, who is a columnist for Di Bonica in the Dominican Republic, take it or leave it, we see Wander Franco on a Major League field again. Ah. 
I'm I don't a, know. I, I I don't know because I, I don't know all I of know, the details. I, I, I should know. Another minor has come forward, not the one that was on the yes. that was uh, noted in social media. Another minor has come forward with allegations against Wander Franco. Yeah, I don't, I don't know all of the details, so I'm gonna leave it that I don't know anything enough about what's going on. I know I, I've heard, yeah. but I don't want to. Yeah, you can't speculate. I uh, well, to me, I think of those. Where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Mm-hmm. And for those comments to come out where they think that he possibly will not be able to play in Major League Baseball ever again, and you've had now reports of another minor coming forward, it doesn't sound good. So I'm going to say he's definitely not going to play again for Major League Baseball. I, there's there's yeah. just no way. It's a, it, One is already enough, but then when you have multiple coming forward with reports... And just think about the optics for Major League Baseball. They have to look at that uh, because uh, he's he's going to court. He, he's going to be charged, and we don't know. But the the optics for Major League Baseball are such that I don't think we'll ever see him in Major League Baseball again. There was a young pitcher at Oregon State or, or Washington State that was a first-round draft choice that uh, same thing happened. And he was never charged, but there were allegations, and he didn't get drafted, and he will never see the light of day in professional baseball. So I, I don't think Wander Franco will either. All right, nope. that's my serious note of the day. That was serious. I was, I was waiting for a joke or punchline uh, to come oh, no. in. Oh, oh, you didn't want to do it? Okay. No, All right. Hoping not. Uh, it was uh, Luke Heimlich from Oregon State. That's right. Heimlich? Yep. Maneuver? Mm-hmm. Okay. Take it or leave it. Last night's loss was one of the worst losses of the season. Leave it. Yeah, we we can after so many. To nothing <laughs> to the Oakland Athletics. You'll never I, remember. At this that point, one. it's expected, no, right? No. CD. Yeah, I mean, I the 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 one that Jordan Hicks airmailed. That one obviously comes to mind. That was we've talked about it, but it feels like I feel like I've asked this question before. Yeah, you have. But uh, see, I don't think that, that they're capable of having a worse loss anymore this season. Why not? Because they're done. The expectations, right? Are the expectations low. are nil. They're low here, but they're not low. At the, at the ball Here's the park. thing. When Yastrzemski hits that home run for the Giants, not su- I, I was surprised. When Hicks airmailed the ball over the head of the first baseman, surprised. When we had the game in, um, which which was the other one? Uh, oh, the home run in San Francisco, the Sable. backup catcher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, surprise. Helsley, you know, good closer. Now, they're, they're 13 games under 500. I'm, and I know how bad the Oakland Athletics are. But I'm just not surprised anymore. At those points, I was surprised. I said, wow, that's horrible. That's heartbreaking. I can't have my heart broken anymore by this team. It's incapable of breaking my heart. That's why. (sighs) There's just been so many different ways, though. To your point, when you were asking about how many times have I said this, because there's been so many different ways that they have lost where it just seems even more painful, where it's like, how I couldn't even fathom that this would be Mm -hmm. a possibility. And it did again? Yes. You didn't. No one expected this. I, I, I don't think... I don't know. I mean, I guess when you look at the roster and, and how it was constructed and who was playing where and what you had in the, the starting rotation, I guess you could maybe do Bullpen. Think, but, yeah. Nah, nah. Who knows? All right. Take it or leave it, guys. Uh, New York Yankees fandom is losing their minds last night. So... Last night with their loss to the Braves, the Yankees are now under 500 at 60 and 61. This is the latest that they've been under 500 in a season since 1995. Take it or leave it. There might be a firing coming after the season wraps up. Yep. Could be Cashman. I I, I was kind of wondering because Cashman. Cashman, And and if Cashman goes, I think Boone goes. That's what I was going to say. Boone looks like So both of them, right? He's about... 
Done. Yep. Yeah, he easily could be both, bro. How long has he been there? Cashman? And Aaron Boone. Oh, Aaron, like, I think this is sixth year. A long time now. Feels like longer. Yeah, well, Girardi, uh, it's, it was, he replaced Joe Girardi. Uh, what was it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it was like 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 22, maybe six years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're yeah. all using our fingers. I just think yep. that this they got rid of Lawson, yeah. their hitting coach, mm-hmm. earlier this season. I just think that once that happened, that opens up the floodgates of you're willing to part ways with even more people. Uh, One more thing for me before we get to the text. Take it or leave it. You guys were aware that the final wildcard team in the National League right now is the Chicago Cubs. Oh. Oh, I was not aware of that. No. No. Unaware. So you've got Atlanta, the Dodgers, and Milwaukee leading their divisions. The three wildcard teams right now, Philly, two games ahead of San Francisco. Philly, a game and a half ahead of the Cubs. And the Cubs by percentage points over the Reds and the Marlins. And then Arizona's a game and a half behind. But right now, if the playoffs started today, the Chicago Cubs would be in. How about that? That's painful. Eh, not great. No. This isn't a great season. It's not. All right, Matthew, what do we got? Take it or leave it. There's no better combination than donut and coffee. I don't, I'm not a coffee guy. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> uh, do we have any of those, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, those um, gooey butter cake? Oh, we, do. We, we do have something, a surprise coming, but I don't know what it is. And apparently oh, it's not gosh. a surprise. Take the, the gooey uh, butter cake, whatever. From the chocolate rooster? Oh, With man. coffee? With anything. That was amazing. With nothing. <laughs> I don't think there's anything better than that. Yeah, thank you to Erica, the chocolate Erica, rooster, and, and follow the chocolate rooster on amazing. Facebook. Yeah. It was. It was. It, it was, was made, You said it. It was made with love. Carrie, was. was it spiritual? Could, it looked spiritual. It was. Okay, it was. I, thought, yeah, I, I was <laughs> having a moment here in my was chair. It, was it a spiritual moment or a sugar <laughs> high? A, uh, which one? I told somebody yesterday, I said, I'm so glad that Brooke ate her uh, French silk pie during a commercial break and there wasn't a camera on. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There'd be screenshots everywhere. Oh, huh? my God. I just, I mean, be... <laughs> we want to see your face. <laughs> Show us your face. <laughs> I would just hide in the corner. Because we discovered that this area, there's no cameras where okay, you can get picked uh... up. So I just go hide and eat in the corner. There we go. I'll just say this. <laughs> People in the YouTube chat, you know, everyone can see your comment, yeah, right? Yeah, we can. Everyone can Show see your, your comment. <laughs> All right. Just wanted to make sure everyone knows really quickly. Take it or leave it. The starting outfield next opening day for the Cardinals is two infielders and Jordan Walker. So we've got Newt Barr, who's an outfielder. We've got Edmund, who is an infielder switched to the outfield. And we've got Jordan Walker, who it was an infielder switched to the outfield. So, uh, yes, technically, <laughs> okay. it is two. But Newt Barr, I don't think, was ever an infielder. I think hmm. he's been an outfielder ever since he was at the University of Southern California. So... I'll kind of take it. Yeah, I mean, Brendan Donovan's not going to be 100% healthy on opening day, so why would he be in the starting lineup? Right. And Newt's, they like Newt better. They like Newt as part of their outfielder. He's got to be there. And they love Tommy Edmund as part of their outfield, and Jordan Walker better be part of their outfield. 100%. Now, just because they say that they like you as a part of their outfield, we have seen that that doesn't necessarily mean that you will be long-term wise, but for yeah. the right now, yes. Well, Brooke, what about the, the long run that Dylan Carlson got, though, once they said that he was going to be their center fielder? That didn't last long. Yeah, what about uh, Tyler O'Neill in center field? Well, that, didn't, that, didn't, that didn't last long. Yeah. Due to injury, I would assume. Tommy Maybe. Edmund at shortstop? Eh, yeah. last long. I can see it now. Flash, Jupiter, Jupiter, Florida in April. Lars Newpar taking 
reps at second base. <laughs> sure. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Along these lines, coming up here on 101 ESPN, our fresh take, which young Cardinal position players are going to be part of the long-term plan? And how long is long-term in St. Louis? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. One in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and the Cardinals will take on the New York Mets tonight at the ballpark. And the Cardinals will see their former teammate, Jose Quintana. He'll be opposed by Adam Wainwright. 645 game. You can see it on Bally. A lot of talk about the Cardinals' young position players, and we fully expected at the trade deadline that one of them would be out of the Cardinal organization by now, but the Cardinals didn't trade any position players. And they have a wealth. Everybody around baseball seems to like the Cardinals' position players. But the Cardinals also have shown a propensity over the years to have young position players that they liked that aren't in St. Louis anymore. So I want to look at this from a Cardinals' perspective. Rather than our perspective, we're going to try to channel our inner Cardinal. Who do you think the Cardinals have right now that will be on the opening day roster. Right now we're in 23. Who will be on the opening day roster in 2026 among the Cardinal young position players? Let's leave Arenado and Goldie out of this. When you say young, are you saying 25 and under or 28 and under? What, what do you say? Let me include Tommy Edmond in there. Okay, and that's 28 and under. Okay, so 28 okay. and under. All right. Who will be a part of it for? twenty On opening day of 2026. So we played next year. And 25, and then opening day of 2026, who from among the group right now? So this includes, and we're going to include a couple of minor leaguers, we'll include Herrera and Kisner, we'll include Luke and Baker, Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmond, Nolan Gorman, and then in the outfield, Burleson, Carlson, Newt, uh, Walker, and then uh, let's not forget the young shortstop, Mason Wynn. Did you so put O'Neill on there? He's 28. Uh, I'll, I'll put O'Neill on there. I'll, okay. I'll put him there on there. Right. I'm going to say for sure Jordan Walker. Mm-hmm. I okay. think that that is a given. I think that he's going to be a part of that core piece, that young piece, that young wave that we see coming in. Mason Wynn, 100% mm-hmm. as well. And the thing is, is I'm... I'm so noncommittal on some of the outfielders. And of course, I am the president and CEO of the Lars Newbar fan club, as we know. But it just doesn't. We were we were joking about it in, <laughs> in the last segment. But it almost seems like a kiss of death, essentially, when they say that they are going to stick with you as one of their outfielders. I, it almost doesn't seem like any job in the outfield will ever be that secure, that they're fine with moving on with those pieces. But I would assume, assume in 2025 that Lars Newbar is still a part of that. Okay. Is that that's all you got for all the young guys? Oh, we're yeah. gonna list all of them. Um, I, mean, I think you Donovan think be on the roster next year. 
that will be on the roster yeah. next year. I think Donovan, of course, he's he's one of the young guys that I think has been vitally essential, especially in the way that he's been able to elevate his game at the plate this year. The power's there. Whatever he did this offseason really paid off for him, hitting-wise. And also what he's able to bring to the table with his versatility defensively, you can't replace that. So he's a part of that group, that young group, for sure. All right. Interesting. For me, I'm going to go Walker, Gorman, obviously win. Uh, I'm going to go Herrera and not Kisner. I think Kisner is a I think Kisner would be a, a good player for another team. He would be a good player for this team, obviously. But if another team is looking for that solid backup catcher, mm-hmm. uh, a person that is going to play, uh, get some opportunities that can help maybe a younger catcher that is already on the staff, I think he would be better suited for that role than being behind being younger and being behind a 31 year old catcher that's going to be here for the next four years mm-hmm. after this season. So, so he, I, I think Kisner, I don't think, I just don't think Kisner has a role, especially with the way Herrera was playing when he was here, uh, when he came up earlier this year. And Kisner will be through five years of service time after the 2024 season. So he would, for what we're talking about, for our purposes, he will will have been he, he will have entered free agency. Yeah. I think that Yvonne Herrera is definitely going to be a part of the Cardinals' future. It just it concerns me because it feels like it's going to be one or the other, right? This offseason, yeah. if you are going to maybe move a catcher when you're looking at a deal, will you move Yvonne Herrera where people uh, maybe a GM will be like, "Oh, there's a lot of upside there. We we you might get a lot of value out of that." Andrew Kisner, we've seen the value that he's brought this season, but maybe Yvonne Herrera will be ready to take that next step. I think it will be hard for the Cardinals to part with Kisner. He has taken a little bit of a step offensively, but I think with what they did going out and getting Wilson Contreras, saying that they want more of that offensive pop, especially in the catching position, I think that shows how they feel about what they want from their catchers. Yeah, that's why I think you keep Herrera here because he's younger. Uh, Like I said, at some point, Wilson Contreras is going to be a DH more than he is catching, not next year, maybe in two years, but you want a younger player that is still has a, has a lot of upside for him uh, in his career. Opening day, 2026. I don't think that O'Neal survives here that long. Okay. I don't think Carlson survives here that long. Okay. I do think, and I've got a little twist here. I think Alec Burleson is on that team. I think he as is a too. left-handed bat. I think Burleson, Newt Barr, and Walker are all here on opening day of 2026. And there's a reason for this. I think Mason Wynn is your shortstop. And I think Tommy Edmond is here, if not as your center fielder, depending on what happens with Victor Scott II. I think Edmond is here as your utility guy at the expense of Brendan Donovan. I think that the Cardinals' concerns about Nolan Gorman's back... When did, when did that start? About a week back. Okay. Oh, no. That was so... The way that that was so quick, too, yeah, that thanks. you guys just snuck that right by yeah. me. I, I The Nolan Gorman thing is really intriguing because it is concerning if the back issues are going to be lingering at his age, especially. Mm-hmm. Is that just going to be expectation where he's going to have back issues every single season? Yeah. I don't think he's on the roster on opening day 26. I think there's too much value for what they might perceive as the risk. I think the the return on investment, I, I kind of think that they, they'll look at, okay, 
we've had back issues, guys that have ended careers because of back issues before. Let's get ahead of this and not have him on our roster on opening day 2026 so that we can maximize the return for him. As I've told you in the past, back injuries are one of the most scary issues for any athlete because you just don't know. You don't know when it's going to flare up. You don't know what's going to cause it. You don't know uh, when you can do what you need to do, bending down, picking things up. Bending down, fielding ground ball, swinging a bat, all of those things are, you know, mm-hmm. issues when you have a back issue. So I, that is a that is a cause for concern if he if this is going to be a, a lingering issue for him. And then the other one, guys, I, I look at the catcher situation and I really think the only safe guy is Wilson Contreras. Not that he's young, but I, I don't I think because of the presence of Contreras and his contract, I wouldn't guarantee that. Both Herrera or Kisner or either Herrera or Kisner would be here on opening day of 2026. Now, one of them should be, but the way the Cardinals operate, would I be surprised if either or both of those were moved? I can't guarantee. I won't guarantee. I won't guarantee any of these guys, but I I just think that it's a coin flip between both Herrera and Kisner Mm -hmm. as to who will be here. So I've got Walker, I've got Burleson, I've got Edmund, I've got Newt, and I've got Wynn. Those are my five. I like it. So, so obviously, right off the bat, you said you know O'Neill and Carlson are out, out there. They yes. probably, you know, I, th- I think we can safe to say that they did, probably don't get a lot of great value for those guys when they do leave this roster. Do you think in that situation the Cardinals are successfully able to get good value for Kisner or Herrera, or do you think they they, 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 they kind of die on the vine? I, again? I think they're part of a nice package. Okay, yeah, but Herrera, yeah. Herrera more than Kisner. Kisner. It, it, the, <laughs> Again, there's nothing, and, and I say this with all due respect, Kisner is a backup catcher. That's what he's going to be in his career. Herrera has the potential to be a starting catcher at some point in his career, whether it's here for the Cardinals or whether it's for another organization. If you're the Cardinals, you don't trade away Herrera because he's younger. He showed that he could play the game at a high level this season with when he, when he, when he was brought up, when he had his opportunities. Kisner has been who he is for pretty much his entire career, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you want that guy to be the backup to a younger guy who know, needs to learn how to be a professional, how to be a professional catcher, how to call a game, how to assist your starting pitchers. Herrera can't do that himself as a young player. He has to learn how to do that. So that's why I think Herrera has more upside and why the Cardinals would be best to keep him here as opposed to Kisner. I would not be surprised if they would move Kisner after this season. If he winds up having the season that he's having right now, 795 OPS, he's played 49 games, hit a career-high nine homers uh, with 27 runs batted in, batting 265. There is such a dearth of quality catching in Major League Baseball that if you include Andrew Kisner in a package, and I don't want to trade him, but I think that the value for a guy like Andrew Kisner right now is tremendous. Yes. And I think they could get a lot for him. Especially since he has done more offensively this season than he has in his entire career. I think that there is some value there. I just want to go back. Did you did you mention Donovan as one of the names that no, you saw? No, I think if you have Edmund, that you, then you, I think it's the, they're going to choose between Edmund and Donovan by 2026. And I've got Edmund on the team. Hmm. And in part because I don't think Brendan Donovan's a center fielder. And I think Edmund could fit into that role if they needed but where, him. But what about Victor Scott? You don't see him as a part of your future I, plans? No, I do totally. But I want to have Edmund there just in case. 
That's the thing. I, I'm not sure about Victor Scott. I'm, I'm. Michael Gersh seems sure that he would be yeah, their center fielder they, of the fu- yeah, future they, they, soon. They've been sure of a lot of things. <laughs> they were pretty sure about Carson <laughs> Kelly. Uh, so, yeah, there's... Uh, how, how many outfielders have they been sure about? I mean, I know, which is something right? a point that I just made. But if we're choosing between Tommy Edmund and Donovan, I do think that they're very similar and the one will get moved eventually. So I totally agree with you on that. But I just think that and I love Tommy Edmund. It's it's always hard because you have I feel like you have to say this when when we're talking about trades, just so people understand, we're not saying because we want to see that person go for personal reasons. It's from a business <laughs> standpoint. And uh, some mm-hmm. people, I think, need to understand that. But with Tommy Edmund, I think that there's a little bit of the writing on the wall when it comes to positions because you're going to have Mason Wynn come up. He's going to be mm-hmm. your shortstop when he gets here, I assume, right? Unless yes, something yes. goes haywire. Mm-hmm. What does Tommy Edmund play? Next year he plays center field. Okay. But then Victor Scott, when does he fit into this equation? So does is that make Tommy Edmund more of the odd man out? And the question is, who would you rather have at second base? And by the way, they traded for a couple of second basemen at the deadline, so they you did. never know. But Might be one of those young guys. But who would you rather have between... Edmund, who's won a gold glove there and has shown the propensity to be a leadoff hitter for a playoff team, or Brendan Donovan. Do we not think I, I would rather have the person that won the gold glove there, meaning he was one Me of too. the best in the position at his position in the yeah. league. I think it's troubling that I understand that you got holes to fill and needs in different positions, but if I won a gold glove as a running back, I'd be mad as hell if you put me at tight end. And they did that with him this season. If I was an all-pro as a running back, why in the hell am I playing tight end, coach? What the hell are we doing? You're going to help the team. Yeah. I clearly helped the team more playing the position that I was an all-pro at. What teams want is Joe Klecko, who makes the Pro Bowl at three different positions. <laughs> that's that's not realistic. And they were completely, and they've shown the season, they're completely fine with Tommy Edmund not being your primary shortstop or being in the infield. Mm-hmm. They, they are fine with moving him around. Right. And I just think that he, primarily because of center fielder, center field, I think that he is a guy that, holds a tiny bit more value, although he's a little bit older than Donovan, too, but he holds a tiny bit more value than Donovan. The other part of it is Donovan, for somebody trading for somebody, has more control left. He's going to have to prove he's healthy, but you're going to have him under team control for a longer time. Donovan I think, did I think, win a gold glove, too. I, I forgot about that. that. As a utility yes. guy last year, yes. that's true. Which, uh, that's the person that you put in every position. Right. Yeah, he's, nothing wrong with that. he's good at all those spots. Yeah. He's, he's a really good player to have around. So there's what we think. We want to know what you think coming up. Which young core would you be more excited about? Would it be Walker, Gorman, Wynn, Burleson, Newt, and Donovan? Or would it be the Blues young core of... Kairou, Thomas, Torpchenko, Neighbors, and Perunovich. Which young core is more exciting? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. segment we were all stunned during the break when this is something we don't look at every day but at baseball reference they have 2023 mlb team position performance by wins above average by war the atlanta braves catchers have the top war among all catchers in major league baseball at 1.9 the texas rangers are third at 1.3 number two in war 
for by a team in Major League Baseball, your St. Louis Cardinals, with a 1.6 wins above average. That includes Contreras, Kisner, Herrera, and Tresperera with his plate appearance. Oh, so that, that group is second in the majors among catching groups in war. I, war is Does an, that make you trust war? No. War, <laughs> nope. war is an intriguing uh, analytic for me. Like, I, I, I've always said this. I, I mean, wins above replacement. So it's it's really you versus the person that will replace the you. The average right? player, yes. So what would what would Peyton Manning's wins above replacement? replacement be in comparison to Jim Sorgi. Well, that'd be pretty substantial. But that's the point. There's mm-hmm. a reason why he's the replacement and this guy is the starter. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, okay. He's pretty damn good and the replacement is the replacement. So war for me, eh, what is it good for? <sighs> Oh, there we go. I was wondering. I was like, you set that up perfect. Like, no, that was great. Rock, what? You don't like that reference? That was great. Here's the thing. I've decided to allow myself to not be stressed over the statistic. Mm-hmm. Because A, I didn't ah. need anybody to tell me that Babe Ruth was the best player of all time. I didn't need war to figure that out. But here's the thing. If you just use it as a ranking system, mm-hmm. Then I think it's got a little bit more legitimacy. If, for those that can figure it out, and Matthew, who's a war guy, can't tell me how it's calculated. And by the way, neither can the people at Fangraphs or Baseball Reference who have their own determinations as to what war is. But if they want to use it, and Major League Baseball uses it as their ranking system, that's fine with me. I would be using it if it's going to get me paid, if I was a player. If it didn't do any good, I'd be like, what the hell, what difference does this make? Yeah. The hell are we talking about? So the Cardinals, uh, their young players are going to wind up with a pretty substantial war in the future. Walker is going to be really good. Gorman is already a pretty good hitter. Uh, if we take the entire five tools, hit, hit for power, run, field, throw, okay? Nolan Gorman is probably not going to be a 300 hitter, right? I just laughed. He can hit for power. <laughs> probably not going to run. Probably not going to field. Maybe throw, but if he can't field, what good does throwing do? So, not that he can't field. He's he's a, he's an adequate fielder. But he's kind of a one-tool guy. But I love the tool. It's great. But then Mason <laughs> Witt is a five-tool guy. Burleson has some intriguing got, attributes. he got three tools. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't have the speed. No, he really doesn't. But he can, yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll do it. You said Baker, he didn't have the Baker with the speed? No. Yeah. Ba- oh. Randy said he... That's why I laughed. You said he's no, missing joking. a tool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, with the Baker Baker running last night, I appreciate yeah. the effort. He was lumbering that, that around felt, there. That yeah. felt like it was in slow motion. I was like, so wait. I was like, oh. 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 <laughs> right, right. No, no. no. So, and then in addition to Walker Gorman, Wynn Burleson, you've got Newt. Uh, he'll he'll still be a fine player. Don't worry about the other stuff. And then um, Donovan. So his, you know, you oh, know what we're okay. worried about. That's <laughs> okay. So do you like that core better? You're trying to win a championship. Okay. Either a commissioner's trophy or a Stanley Cup, or do you like the uh, the the purple group? Why is this not highlighted in blue? Because the dark, no the dark blue and the dark gray like is hard to read on okay. the paper with the blue the thing. So I give you blue. Yeah, yeah, it's that's blue. That's blue. That's purple. It has like a lavender oh, tint to it. That's cool. That's it's uh, kind of pink and and 
Pink. Well, well as you peach. know, I'm colorblind. Oh, so the for peach me, it's one. Very oh, purple. okay. Oh, when you were talking about this, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> no, I didn't work on this one. Purple, I'm sorry. No, that's, what? that's kind of... Uh, that's bluish. That's a light blue. The, the one on the bottom, kind of lavender Oh, the one on the bottom? The, the bottom yeah. one is definitely that's dark blue. That's like a... Blue. No, no, electric. no, it's the bottom of the two in the segment. Jeremy electric oh. royal blue is what that looks like. Uh, okay, okay. What, yeah, that is electric. I'll give you periwinkle, Randy. <laughs> okay, periwinkle, strong. Uh, so, Kairu Thomas Torpchenko, neighbors Perunovich. I have to take, based on what I have seen, and I'm kind of disappointed by the injuries. Not that I'm not disappointed by the injury to, I'm really disappointed by the Lars Newport injury. Ouch. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, the fact that I just haven't seen enough of Neighbors and Prunovich, I think Torpchenko is a really nice player, but he's a fourth-line guy. I don't think he's a star. And Thomas and Kairou are stars. But I'm going overall quality and quantity. I think Walker's going to be a star. I think Gorman's going to be a star with the, the one trick that he has. I think Wynn has a chance to be a star. Burleson's going to be a nice, serviceable player. He's, mm-hmm. I'm, and serviceable is a good thing. He, if you need him to play first base or play the outfield, you can do that. I think Newt is going to be a well above average player. And I'm, I'm a fan of Brendan Donovan as a utility guy. So I am taking the Cardinal core at the moment. Can I, can I have, I have a follow-up question for both of these. Yes. So with the young core that you listed for the Cardinals, if we add a Tink Hints, does that kind of sweeten oh, the pot a sure little does, bit? Yeah. But also for the Blues, I have a rebuttal because somebody from the 815, give them credit, pointed this out too. So you add Snuggerud, Bullduke, and Dean. Okay. Uh, again, uh, Bullduke. And Dvorsky eventually. Because uh, I think Dvorsky, Dvorsky is very intriguing. He is. Uh, the thing is... I've seen a little bit of win in the minors. so And I've obviously watched Walker, Gorman, Burleson, Newt Donovan play a lot. I've seen Kairou, Thomas, Torpchenko play a lot, plus Neighbors and Prunovich when he's been available. I have never had the opportunity at all to see Snuggerud, Bolduke, or Dean play. And that's on me, but I'm just going on what I know right now. Mm-hmm. I can't go by prospect rankings because prospect rankings have brought us people, well... Prospect rankings of Alex Reyes was the top five prospect in all of baseball. You never know. Perunovich might be Alex Reyes. Yeah. I think so. I think for next year specifically, if we're talking about that young mm-hmm. group, I'm going to bank on that Cardinals young core because I know that Wynn is going to be up. I hope so, unless something crazy happens. Wynn's going to be up. Walker's fantastic. I think the season is great for him to go ahead and get more of these at bats at the major league level. And I think he's going to continue to grow. We'll see more of that progression pay off next season. And I'm going to throw Tink Hintz as that name in Good there. Name. Those those in well, those young impact players, I think, are going to make a huge difference. And I'm looking at next season, but I'm thinking overall down, like we'll say a few years from now, Kyrou and Thomas kind of hitting that age where we know that NHL players specifically perform well a little bit later in their 20s. And then you add in the Snuggerud and Dvorsky. And Joel Hofer. And Joel Hofer. Okay. That in the long run, I think that's going to be a very exciting group. See, I'm I was looking at this, and I'm I mean I think you have to split it, you know, split the teams up. So you go your your top two players on each team, Kyrou and Thomas. Are they better than Walker and Win. Win or Walker and Gorman at this point of their careers? I would say yes, 
because they've actually done it more. They've been there longer. Uh, one of them has won a championship. And then you look at the younger players. You got Torpchenko, Neighbors, Perunovic. Haven't seen, really, in my opinion, enough of those three to know. But I told you, when I saw Torpchenko's name, I said, yeah, give me that guy. I like guys that don't mind, you know, being aggressive and calling mm-hmm. people out and holding Barely. their teammates to a high standard. And so... Because those things are needed for championship teams. you got to have guys on your team that you know, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to. I want to be accountable to that guy. I want to make sure that I take care of my job. And Torpchenko coming up, looking at his teammates and the way that they were playing, I'm like, well, what the hell is this? For him to say that as a young player, for me, I said, okay, so, give me that guy. Here's the thing, though. If... Last night, if Newt would have been able to talk after the game. Okay? <laughs> I don't know if he was. Why would you want him to? So, okay, so if Newt talks after the game last night. What is night, he going to say? He's, he's going to say, we lost eight, nothing to lose. Uh, Randy, <laughs> Randy, <laughs> this, this is, no. 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 Randy, you can't do that. The poor man, this just happened last night. It's too soon. <laughs> it's too soon. It is too soon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I cannot. Oh no. Guys, it just happened last night. We missed out on it. Oh, we hold you like that. CEO of the Lars New Bar fan club in here. We cannot stand this. I hope he's okay. going to stand for this at all. He, he no, we are not going to stand. He was, he was down. <laughs> he was down. Oh, gosh. Lars, we, we are, we're rooting for you, brother. Yeah. I just keep thinking about the cough, out the cough. The cough, the broadcasting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, um, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a kick. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Uh, so... The fight is next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Daryl. Daryl, how you doing? How are you? Doing re- doing good, doing good. How are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Yes, I am, Kerry. Can you hear me okay? I've got you on speaker. I can take it off. If you need no, me, we can hear you. We yeah, couldn't we hear, hear you at first. We got you now, though. All right. Thank All you. right, here we go. Who is the only Blues rookie to ever pass the 70-point mark in their first season? Is it Jorgen Pedersen, Wayne Babich, or T.J. Oshie? I'm going to say Jorgen Pedersen. Dizzy Dean is the last nationally pitcher to win 30 games in a season. Who is the last pitcher to do it in the American League and Major League Baseball overall? Is it Dave McNally, Mel Stottlemyre, or Denny McClain? What was that? Uh, Denny McClain. Oh, okay. Right. Thank you. Which Hall of Fame linebacker holds the distinction as the greatest kick blocker in NFL in the NFL, blocking 25 across his career? Is it Alan Page, Matt Blair, or Ted Hendricks? Hmm. I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? 
which Hall of Fame linebacker holds the distinction as the greatest kick blocker in the NFL, blocking 25 across his career? Alan Page, Matt Blair, or Ted Hendricks? Uh, I'm going to say Alan Page. There are only two players in NBA history to win four defensive player of the years. Is It was Dikembe Mutombo and which NBA champion big man? Is it Ben Wallace, Rudy Gobert, or Akeem Olajuwon? Akeem Olajuwon. All right, we will double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Daryl, how you feeling? Not great. Not great. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, you know, it's it happens. Is this your first time taking on Randy in the fight? Yeah, I've been waiting for about 20 years. I, I met Randy years ago when, right after he broke both hands at the uh, Rams game. We had season tickets. Both of each other. I've been trying to get on the fight ever since then. Randy, you broke both hands at the Rams game? Or you had? Oh, no, I fell off a ladder. Oh, that's when you fell off the ladder. Yeah, yeah. he right. said he missed you. Off a ladder. Oh, I, I missed a Rams game because I right. fell yeah. off the ladder. Oh. So he's been trying to get on the fight with you since then. It's oh, been man. a while. Well, that's been a long time. He's yeah. first time, yeah, first time fighter. Yeah. What's your name? Daryl. Daryl, thank you very much. Thank you, Randy. That was a that was a pretty rugged time. Yeah, you are you're a man amongst that's, men, Randy. Yeah, thank you. That's yeah. Brooke. That's when I broke my nose because my nose hit every single rung of that ladder. Oh, oh my god! Oh. Yeah. Good thing not, you put your hands down. That broke your fall. I'm not here. If, yeah. yeah. If I don't put my hands down, I am. Uh, I'm not uh, here doing the fight oh, today. I'm doing it from six feet under. Oh, I don't Ooh. think that would work. It would well. not smell good. No, no, you don't think you would win many. Randy, here we go. Yep. <laughs> Who is the only Blues rookie to ever pass the 70-point mark in their first season? In their first season. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was during that great year of 80-81. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Dan Kelly had the great line when he scored a goal. He said, that Jorgen Pedersen could thread a needle in the dark. I think it was Jorgen Pedersen. What a great call, huh? Where Mama keeps the cookies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dizzy Dean is the last nationally pitcher to win 30 games in a season. Who is the last pitcher to do it in the American League and in Major League Baseball overall? Danny McLean, who wound up in jail, but also beat the Cardinals in the 1968 World Series. What did he do? A little uh, embezzlement, I, I think. Gotta, I got to watch my mouth. I was told that hell is not a good word for me to say. Why? I don't know. Someone said stop cursing. This is not cursing. I mean, that's where people go. lives. <laughs> <laughs> the devil. Yeah, exactly. All right. Which Hall of Fame linebacker holds the, holds the distinction as the greatest kick blocker in NFL history, blocking 25 across his career? Okay. I think I know this. Well, tell us. <laughs> but, CD, I think I'm going to... Uh, I think I'm going to do the lifeline just in case. I think he wore number 83. That's what I'm going to go with. Alan Page? No. Matt Blair? Maybe not. Ted Hendricks? The mad stork, Ted Hendricks. Matt Blair, by the way, broke Dan Deardorff's jaw. Good clean oh, And this was, yeah, this was Ooh. back before we had protein shakes, so Dan could just, like, <laughs> they would, uh, they, remember, the, did you ever see the uh, the uh, Saturday Night Live skit with the with the Basomatic, where they basically just put fish in a blender, it was a Dan Aykroyd thing, and then drink it out of a straw? That's what Dan had to do, because they had, they wired his jaw shut. Matt Blair oh. forearmed him right under the helmet, broke his jaw, and Dan missed a couple of weeks, lost about 50 pounds, uh, but then wound up, come, came back and played at a Pro Bowl level. And a teammate break a jaw. 
It hurts. Oh, he was. He, that looks awful. Randy, he came to me and said, is this something wrong with my? I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go see the trainer. Yeah. Was, it, was it a cheap shot? Like <laughs> no, Matt he was blocking. Oh, man. He went to block him, and he oh. came back, and his bottom half was Ugh. that way. Ooh, top half. Yeah. And he was trying to figure out what was wrong. broke. Yeah. Something's wrong there. Ted Hendricks' final answer. There are only two players in NBA history to win four Defensive Player of the Year awards, Nikembe Mutombo and which NBA champion big man? NBA champion big man. So I guess Michael did not win four DPOIs. Um, I think I'm going to go with a guy that... Well, Randy, I don't know. I'm bad with naming... I'm bad with, like, size qualifiers when it comes to the Clearly. NBA. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's 6'6". Six, six, he could be a big man. I'm not sure. Carrie yeah, could, could, could be diminutive. Carrie could be taking offense to that. He could be diminutive. I'm going to go... Ben Wallace here just because A, he was a big man, B, he was a great defensive player, and C, I can't think of anybody else. Uh, but the, the thing was with, with Ben, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. And I didn't think when he was, I never dreamed in watching him play that he would be a Hall of Famer. But he's in the Hall of Fame. So yep. I'm going to give him credit for that, even if he didn't win the four Defensive Player of the Year awards. And I'm going with him. He over, I'm going over him because Michael kept winning him when Akeem was playing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Ben Wallace. Final answer. All right, we have a winner in today's fight. And as we've learned in today's fight and in today's show, a lot of times you can be walking away from a fight sounding a little bit different, whether it's uh, Dan Deardorff <laughs> no. like this mm-hmm. or Lawrence Newport. That's so, a low blow. It was, well, it was a low blow. <laughs> Not my fault. It was a very low blow. <laughs> what do you want from me? So, is somebody walking out of here talking a little bit different? Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Um, Just swim, baby. That's Ted Hendricks. There you go. There you go. And I'm sorry, Daryl, but you heard Jack Buck. He beat you 4-2 to two today. Randy, well, I'm not Jack surprised. No. I'm going to leave you with this. Nice fight, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Daryl, you rock, baby. I wish you would have won. I wish you would have won. Daryl with a not walk-off really. win anyhow. Well, let's go through those answers. Not really. It was, in fact, not really. And he just had to throw it in there, didn't he? It was, it was in fact, Jorgen Patterson in the 80-81 season. 37 goals, 36 assists for 73 points. The only Blues rookie to ever pass that 70-point mark. Dizzy Dean, the last NL pitcher to win 30 games. Games, but it was 1968 Denny McLean with the Detroit Tigers who won 30 games, the last AL or MLB pitcher to do it. This Hall of Fame linebacker holds the distinction as the greatest, greatest kick blocker in NFL history, blocking 25, 15 place kicks, 10 punts. Ted Hendricks, the stork, is a good a nickname. And Randy, can you name the uh, country that Ted Hendricks was born? I cannot. Uh, Guatemala. Oh, really? Yes. Very random. One of two players in NFL history to ever play in Guatemala. He was a Guatemonster. There you go. And speaking of monsters, there are only two players in NBA history to win four defensive (laughs) players of the year. It is, in fact, Dikembe Mutombo and Ben Wallace dominating in the early 2000s. Took home four different ones as well. Hakeem having to share a few with Michael only took home three. So a 4-2 win for Randy Carricker in today's fight. Thank you so much, Daryl, for joining the fight and joining the show today.
Thank you. Good job, Daryl. Yeah, you were awesome. Thank you very much. Daryl with us on 101 ESPN. I thought Brooke was going to say, were you just, you, you, you're I thinking was, about I was, I was waiting, I was waiting, about... I was waiting for somebody else to make another. Another low blow? Another. Guys, I feel so bad for him. Oh, not as bad as he <laughs> does. I guarantee uh, that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, owl, we, we, few of us have been there before. You get hit, it's unexpected, and it is... It takes your breath away. I haven't and, been there before. And then he goes out and plays center field. <laughs> and, right? And, and then uh, Ollie has to go out and take him out of the game. <laughs> he says, hey, I know that hurt. I, I, so Ollie probably saw the video. And then Ooh. he sees him kind of gingerly moving around out there in the outfield and goes out and says, come yeah, on, you're, you're not playing anymore today, buddy. Keep mm-hmm. moving. Yeah. And Lars said, okay, fine. <laughs> um, coming up next on 101 ESPN, uh, what Mo said and what Mo meant on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Well, I think the importance of the last six weeks is, is critical in how we think about 2024. And, you know, we haven't hit, hit, you know, we haven't hit behind that. We've been very clear that uh, ever since the training deadline, these last two months are important especially how we think about our club and how people work with the ball. That is the Cardinal Pobo Mo, John Mozeliak, talking about the Cardinals' need for starting pitching and how they'll go about evaluating their youngsters as they head into 2023-2024's offseason. Mo said this, quote, and we need to know what he meant when he said this. Realistically, we know we have to add three starters of this offseason. We know we have to add depth. We went into the season thinking that we would have that covered. It didn't work out that way. Having a repeat of that would not be in the best interests of the franchise. So I think our approach is to be very aggressive on the pitching side. We'll see where it takes us. Okay, so to me, the key here is realistically, we know we have to add three starters this offseason. We know we have to add depth, okay? This was said uh, subsequent to the trading deadline. Does that mean we need to three add three starters from the minor leagues? Or does that mean that's, that we need to add three starters from outside the organization? That's what I said. See, it's very, the, the, the music is perfect because you don't know. It's very X-Files-ish. You don't know. What's going on? You don't know what the master, the the mindset is, the the, the plot to the story. You 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 figure it out in the end. But when you say we need to add three starters again, are we talking about it, this? Could be three starters that weren't starting last year, right? That didn't start in the mm-hmm. starting rotation. Yep. Yeah, you do. Are they from outside the organization? Are they already on the roster? Are they in the minor leagues? Where are these three starters coming from? And, and who are they? So here's what he meant then. And he didn't preface everything. We started the season with Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery, and Adam Wainwright in our starting rotation. So, comma, realistically, we know we have to add three starters this offseason. Yes. <laughs> From where, Mo? <laughs> From outside the organization. I think. Did that, he say that? I, I mean, you no. You can't put words but, in his mouth, Brooke. You gotta, we got to know where from where. I, it does we want to assume from outside. Yes. But we don't know. So that. it does seem, because Derek Gould 
put specifically in his quote, and Derek Gould does a great job of following up with his questions, does a fantastic job, mm-hmm. as we all know, with the Post-Dispatch. He put in his shopping so shopping and somebody asked him, pressed Derek on that on social media. Did you mean that specifically? And he said, yes, there's a reason why he used the term shopping. Derek did when he was talking specifically about the starting rotation and John Mosellock's quotes. I think especially looking at last night, once again, I know Matthew Libertori is young. It's great what we saw with that outing against the Rays, but you cannot go into next season just hoping. You can't be high on hopium with a lot of these guys and your oh, internal ro- well options. You have to go find pieces outside of the organization because depth was an issue this season. It can't be the same issue next season. And guess what? The internal battle can continue for that depth piece, that sixth spot that we like to talk about with the with the ro- sorry, rotation. You can have that competition with Matthew Libertor, Dakota Hudson, Drew Rom, and have that continue. And there's going to be an inevitable injury. It happens, especially yeah. with your starting rotation. You have to have more of a security there than what you did this past year instead of being high on hopium with your internal options. And I hope just trying to read between the, the deciphering the hieroglyphics, I guess you could say, <laughs> of what John Mosaic was saying, I'm how that's how I'm, I'm I'm interpreting it is that he is going to look outside the organization for those three options. See, I, I don't think I, I feel like when you read that on paper, it leaves wiggle room for you to say, I said we were mm-hmm. adding three starters. If I didn't say it, if I didn't say it directly out of my mouth, we're looking to add three starters via free agency, via trade during the offseason, then that to me means three starters could come from anywhere, and it's it's up to you to decipher what I meant by that, and you could possibly be wrong. And so that's my my concern for the offseason for the for the 2024 Cardinals. Which route do they go in order to find their their three starting pitchers? Is it I mean, you just traded for some guys, so yeah. I would assume that those guys are going to get opportunities. Those could be one or two of those pitchers that he's speaking about. Maybe you go get one in free agency. To your point, Brooke, when you're talking about an injury more than likely happening to that starting pitcher, that's why I want to have young depth young pitchers that have the potential to eventually be starters in that bullpen. You can have a, a Liberatory if he doesn't make that starting rotation. A Zach Thompson, a Dakota Hudson, those guys have started games, obviously, but now they're in that relief role where somebody goes on the 15-day IL. Okay, we plug you in to be our starting uh, starter for the next couple of starts. I think that's what they need to do, but I think the other thing that they, the, the, they need to do, and I'm not talking about even rehoming anybody, I think that they need a guy that is a mechanics guy that when Matthew Libertor starts off a game after throwing 96-97 last week, starts off a game throwing 92-93, can spot that. And it doesn't, well, it, it would help if it was a guy that had pitched before. I always go back to a time, and Adam, well, next week we'll, I'll write this down, I'll put it in my phone so I can remember to ask Adam Wainwright. But I remember a time in Cincinnati Adam Wainwright had a terrible start, and after he leaves the game, he gets yanked. Chris Carpenter says, hey, come on back here. I want to show you something. Shows him video of Adam, his mechanics, and what he was doing wrong. And I asked Adam, he had a great start, his next start. And I said, how long did it take you when Carp showed you that video? He said, one pitch. Mm. He showed me one pitch that my mechanics were off. And I saw it right away, and I was able to fix it. That's the sort of guy you need in that dugout, Chris Carpenter, that can read those sorts of things and can come out to the mound or when the guy comes back to the dugout and say, okay, here's 
what's going on, and I, I'm, I'm going to try to help you fix it. It's hard to do during a game, but here's what's going on. And also, Chris Carpenter, when he speaks, you're going to listen, oh, right? Yeah, His yeah. resume mm-hmm. speaks for itself. And so when somebody like that is pointing out things to you, I think that you do take that in a little bit more. And once again, not advocating for anybody to be rehomed. No. Uh, as we said, we're not doing that. But I do think that that is very important to maybe add another piece. Same thing. We've been saying the same thing with having maybe a catching coach or something like that to help something else to really add to be able to maximize the most out of your players and their talent and their abilities. That's Brooke. That's Carrie. That's Randy. And now you know what moment kind of. (laughs) <laughs> sort of. He w- yeah. it was outside the organization. It was clearly, and Derek Gould nailed it. Uh, he clearly was talking about outside the organization. We don't know about the quality of the pitchers the Cardinals will pursue, that's, but that's they it. will be pursuing depth from outside the organization. Yes. Yep. Uh, hey, depth. Just depth. Yep. How many Drew Verhagen pitchers are there in the MLB? Lots. <laughs> All right, cool. And Sounds many, good. many more in Japan where they got him. Just saying. Sounds like fun. The rush hour reset coming your way. Cardinals lost 8-0 last night. I can't believe that Oakland went for a two-point conversion, but they did. <laughs> it's next up on 101 much. ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Nine oh three in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on one hundred one ESPN. An eight nothing loss for the Redbirds last night at the ballpark <sighs> to the Oakland Athletics, who won their thirty fourth game of the year. They are just hot, hot, rolling hot. along. They're yeah, thirty thirty four and eight. Thirty-four and eighty-seven. Those temps in St. Louis going to be uh, next week. If anybody yeah. was at the game last night, I just need to know how long you stayed. I, I seriously just want to know, like, how long you stayed for the game because that had to have been painful. Well, here's a number for you: the uh, Colorado Rockies are bad. They are in run differential this year, second to worst in Major League Baseball, at minus. 183. They have been outscored by 183 runs. That is the Colorado Rockies. Second worst, minus 183. The Oakland Athletics have been outscored by 282 runs. Almost 100 runs more. 99 runs more than the Rockies. The A's have been outscored by, and they are number 30. Randy, if if they have the the lowest payroll in Major League Baseball, right? It's like 68 Mm -hmm. million, something like that? Yeah. If you are a if you are on that team, like you're you 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 you're a young player on that team. This is how young players get ruined. Yeah. This is how their careers go uh, awry and, and they they begin playing the game the wrong way. This is this is terrible. And f- you know, on the flip side, for the Cardinals to lose to a team in that manner, that's really terrible. That's really terrible. But if you're on that roster and know you're the lowest paid team in the major leagues, know that you are not putting up a fight, really effort. Except for last night. It, it, it has to be tough to show up to work every single day knowing you've won 34 games in a season where you're going to 
Yeah. He's played over 100 right now. Yeah, brutal. Just yeah. absolutely brutal. That's and awful. here's the thing. Last night, they score four in the first half of Matthew Libertor, and then they had to be thinking, oh, here we go again, when the Cardinals loaded the bases in the second inning with just one out. So Taylor Motter, the hitter, bases loaded, one out. We'll see if he can make a big pitch here against Motter. There it is. Sinker. What a clutch pitch there by Blackburn. So if he can find a way to get out of this. And he will get the job done. Paul Blackburn rises to the occasion and keeps the Cardinals off the board. And the Cardinals were shut out from there. Paul Blackburn, seven strong innings. He didn't allow a run, six hits, struck out eight and walked one. Matthew Libertor on the other end of the spectrum allowed 10 hits in his four and a third, six runs, five earned. He struck out five and walked three. But then Casey Lawrence came on, and I loved when the Cardinals called him up the other day because I think that he's a guy that really has a chance to help out in the future for the Cardinals. And he did everything that he could. Goes four and two-thirds, four hits, two runs, uh, struck out four, and walked one. And I, That's a guy where when you look at the Cardinal organization, there was only one logical choice to bring up, and it was Casey Lawrence. Stop. I know what you're doing. You're stirring the pot, aren't you, mister? <laughs> Me? Yes, you're stirring the what pot. Happened? What, what, what's going on? Uh, what, am I, what did I miss? Nothing. It's just, you know, oh, there, okay. it, I think it is a very valid question to wonder. I, being honest, when you guys saw that Casey Lawrence was the name that was being called up, mm-hmm. were, did you say, who's that? I did. Yeah. <laughs> who? Who? <laughs> who that? Yep. Who's that? Oh, wow, look at this. I, 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 like a 19-year-old hard thrower that I've never heard of in the system? Wow, mm-hmm. like, a, a really... Gutsy move. I like what I saw. Yeah. I, who? That's exactly. Well, okay. That was that was all of our reactions. And so I think, look, I I don't know. I know that there's obviously more games left in the season, so they just need somebody that can come out there and it's. Well, here's the thing, Brooke. I, you lose <laughs> out because of injury on a guy you were counting on, like Wilking Rodriguez. Oh, uh, that is where things really went wrong this that's season. That's when they went off the rails. So you're trying to put things back on the rails, so you go get 35-year-old Casey Lawrence uh, off he's of working. the waiver wire. Just, he's, just, he's, he's just here temporarily. He's definitely not going to be a part of the long-term plans what? that you're talking about, Randy, we for know the that Cardinals. For sure. It's possible. Anything's All things possible. are possible. That is All things are. possible, hey. except for the Cardinals winning a playoff spot this year. Well, that uh, is impossible. A couple of other notes. Last night, uh, Lars Newtbar took one right in the gonads. Ouch. Mm, mm, uh, foul mm, ball. Mm. Stayed in the game. Tough dude. But then wound up having to leave the game. Do we have a look? Oh, there we go. <laughs> that's not the, No. Yeah, that, that's Lars after I was game. expecting you to do the call. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, Guys, he's never going to come on the show. He's, he's laughing never going to come on the yeah. show. Listen, here's the thing. When you get hit, like, I, I, so I coach football, and so whenever, you know, guys get hit, I'm like, oh, you know, it's a joke. It's, it's you'll be okay. Move yeah. over to the sideline. Everybody line. else was laughing. Everybody else. <laughs> once you realize that it's not something that is going to cause Hopefully. real issues, yeah, then you then you begin laughing. Like when Yachty had his situation. Now that's not a laughing oh, matter. Oh, you have to that. have surgery. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Don't sign me up for that. No. That. No. Oh, whenever whenever they use the word exploded oh. down there. That's just. Oh, oh no 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 no. Now, that's no. not a laughing matter. No, it's that, not. That's uncomfortable no, no. and that's unfortunate. Yep. However, when I, when Yachty came back though, it was interesting though, uh, because he get down in that crouch and every single hitter started with ball one. No. 
Randy. Randy. No. <laughs> Randy. No. See? Randy. He's never going to come on the show. I raised the No, I'm saying I raised the scoreboard earlier, but I think Randy's up, up like 6-0 on Brooke today. This is ridiculous. And, and also, the, I, it's been so interesting seeing all the jokes come into oh, in regards couple. to this. You've really started. Oh, I don't know if I We've can. We've had some, some intriguing oh, ones. Uh, Newt got neutered. Yeah. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I, Newt's the new spokesman for mentality. Oh, wait, here's a here's a great question just to switch gears. Just and this was not me, guys, but someone from the 314 said, why do we keep playing modder? <laughs> well, that was <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's I know where books like we gotta hit this guy. I'm just oh sorry to change God. subjects, but yeah. I just and this was not me. This was not oh me. This was the three one four. I'm. I just. I feel like they put it out there. We should <sighs> answer that question, right? Yes, and last night when Newt got hurt and they had to put Edmund in the outfield, you had Modder move to short. He made a heck of a play at shortstop. And then for me, and that's why you play Taylor Modder. That's why. Because he's a great guy. And B, because he can make a heck of a play at shortstop. There you go. He's a swell fella. I, I am rooting for Taylor Motter now. I have a selfie Somebody with. said we don't play Motter enough. There, there you, go. you go. We don't. Is that Taylor Motter? <laughs> Is that you, Rand? Is that Taylor Motter? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would text that now. <laughs> you guys don't play Carrie enough. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> if I'm listening, uh, yeah. yeah. There you go. That should be playing uh, every day. Yeah. One other note here on our rush hour reset: If you don't look at the standings anymore, we don't blame you. But if the playoffs started today, the final. Wild card team in the National League would be the Chicago Cubs. Good for them. And Marcus Stroman, by the way, is hurt. He's probably out for a long time. Uh, oh, yeah, but rib cartilage issue, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, that's not great. No, it's not. So uh, maybe they'll have some trouble with their starting pitching. And the Marlins are essentially tied with them, percentage points behind, along with the Reds. And then the Diamondbacks are a game and a half out in the wild card race. It's still a long way to go, but. For the Cubs, after the trade deadline, people were talking about them trading Bellinger and Stroman. And here they are. They didn't. They uh, added uh, Candelaria, and they are the wild card, last wild card team as we speak here today. Phillies and Giants, if you aren't aware of it, aren't looking at the standings. Again, we don't blame you. Phillies and Giants would be the other wild card teams if the playoffs started today. And if the playoffs started today, that means that the World Series would be played in September, which wouldn't be realistic. <laughs> I, just can't. I can't. What? Randy! There we go. You've had about three or four of those. You've, today. you've had so many today, especially yesterday. You and on today. fire. You've been on fire. This is a birthday edition of <laughs> this Randy. Is, this is, this, is this Randy Palooza special? This is this a is birthday a... edition. Randy is on fire, and somebody, I, I appreciate it. Somebody gave him like a far side calendar or like a like like <laughs> he's on some, something he's, he's on. been reading. He's been dialed in lately. Dad jokes, Randy, just Randy just, moments. Man, just having fun. We're just having fun on this Friday Eve. All you can do. Yeah, good clean fun. No. Oh, so funny. So funny. Hey, coming up, uh, we're going to talk some blues hockey with our friend Jeremy Rutherford, our blues insider from The Athletic, who joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. 
Blues Insider from The Athletic, the one, the only, Jeremy Rutherford, joins us now on the Celebrity Line here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Jerry, good morning. How are you doing? Oh, doing well, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. What did you have for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. What That's happened? funny. So, uh, so 36 hours and counting right now. No food as I get ready to head to the doctor for the first ever uh, colonoscopy. And it's funny, Randy, because... Uh, you know, I have the 14-year-old daughter, 10-year-old son, and last night they were saying, hey, Mom, why don't we have Dad's favorite meal for dinner tonight? <laughs> oh, oh, you're raising him oh right, JR. Yes, They're going to have a great yeah. sense of humor. And literally just a couple seconds ago, my son, I, make, I made him a, uh, an egg sandwich, and he couldn't finish it. He said, hey, Dad, you want to finish it? Oh, wait. wait sorry. <laughs> Eli. You got to you, uh, you give me the details once you go through with it. I it's wanna not know. bad. It's not, is, it, no. is it awful, terrible? You, you've done one before? Yeah, it's for me, Jr. And this is your first one, so they put you yes, under. They, they use propofol, not as much as they use that Michael Jackson, <laughs> oh, but they use propofol to, to, get, to uh, give you a nap. And here's the thing: when it, why are you looking at me like that, bro? <laughs> this is this is full, Jr. You're getting Randy Palooza special today. This is I've heard it. I've heard it. He's on a roll. So uh, anyway, um, so I had mine. So and I'm in this outpatient colonoscopy colonoscopy center, and it's huge. It's like maybe a uh, hundred feet by forty feet or something like that. And they've got all these little, um, they're key, not kiosks. They're they're cubicles where Kiosk. they yeah, like a little cubicle. And it's a little like uh, eight eight foot, maybe ten foot by six foot. That you can only fit a bed in there. Mm-hmm. And. I was snoring so loud that they had to wake me up after my colonoscopy. Because people from 100 feet away were waking up. You were bothering people? Yeah. They were trying to rest. Yeah. Oh. So it's a great nap, and it's not bad at all. It didn't bother. The only thing that bothered me, uh, JR, was not eating. Yeah, and, and, you know, being a little guy like myself, mm-hmm. it's not so difficult uh, not to eat for 36 hours. Right. Six hours? So long. Up. Oh, my God. Oh, but the stuff you have to drink, how, how's that gone for you? Well, so I, I thought that it was going to be some potion or, you know, some powder, but you were able to mix the powder into the uh, the Gatorade. So I drank 64 ounces of Gatorade yesterday with the powder mixed in and, you know, just had to take a few uh, breaks every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, uh-huh. you're right. It, so that's not bad. It's And it's a good thing to do. I'm glad you're, for your health and for your future I'm, and your kids, I'm glad you're getting it done. Yeah. And yeah. because we can joke about it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm glad to get it over with. And, uh, Carrie, I'll let you know here uh, right. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Give him yeah. all the crappy details so, about oh, it. What were, you, uh, what were you aghast at, <laughs> What was it, the Michael Jackson? Yes. Joke? I think so. Okay. It's just they keep coming. The hits keep coming. Yeah, okay. Oh, man. I was thinking that was it. You know, no, no, a lot of the jokes. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be no. funny the rest of the day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> well, Jr. I guess we'll get into some into some hockey stuff. So we were texting back and forth. You're working on a story right now on treats that NHL players like to have during the off season because we know during the season, I'm sure they have very structured diets. So, what is maybe one of the more interesting treats that you heard about? Yeah, keep the food theme going here. Thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this goes back to, uh, I remember years ago, I was inside the Blues locker room after a game. It's probably, you know, nine fifteen at night, what have you. And and uh, Doug Waite was calling his wife, and I guess he was kind of hungry after the game, and he called his wife, and he said, hey, can you please put some, some trout on? You know, I'll be home in a little bit. I'm thinking, trout? Like, I'm stopping at Taco Bell on the way home from the the rink, and here's this 
NHL player that's uh, putting some trout on late at night. And, and so, uh, I, you know, you try to drive down the road and brainstorm and think of story ideas that, that'll work. And I came up with this idea. What is, what's like a go-to favorite off-season food for some of these NHL players, not just Blues players. We've got a long list of NHL players that we're going to call in the next week or so and just say, hey, what is, what is that food? And, Carrie, I'd be interested to hear your perspective here. And just in terms of the regular season, you can't get into the – the uh, yeah. little Debbies and things like that. So, what was it for you that you uh, oh. took part in in the offseason? So, Thanksgiving was a tough time for me because it was in season. But I, I usually lose my mind for that two to three days. You know, leftovers are are great. So it's like dressing, <laughs> fried chicken, mac mm. and cheese. Like if I can have, I could eat that every day, and be. <laughs> happy as 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 could be so that would be my meal you know just the 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 southern comfort food that you don't get to eat all the time during the season but that's my my go-to meal my mom used to make some great muscacholi so i would just indulge myself in that and then you know you eat that around noon and you sleep until one of the football games come on later <laughs> in the afternoon. You missed the first half of one of them because you're you're pretty tired. But that's me. I, I That's what I would go for. Uh, if I could have that in the offseason, that's what I'm looking for. And I, I would just kind of lose my mind for, for a yeah, time. Yeah, you're, you're killing me right now. The problem we're running into is these, <laughs> the problem that we're running into is these NHL players know that the uh, the trainers and the uh, team presidents read these stories. I suppose so. I'm run, I'm running into a lot of no. I stick to my diet. I don't. Oh uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> the, nobody just veering off course a little bit because I know I remember Ryan O'Reilly. He was vegan or vegetarian, but I remember he did say every once in a while he would have like an actual hamburger. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's a guy who tell the truth. So plus, he's got the clout; he can tell you what he's eating uh, away from away from uh, in season. So yeah, hopefully, this is a story where we can uh, find out some good treats. I know we talked to one player yesterday, San Jose Sharks, who said that he makes up his own German pancakes. And as he got to talking about them, I was thinking like, this is something Joey Vitale would. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was wondering if like you could go old school, like with with Big Walt, and say how did it used to be. <laughs> right, right. That's a good idea. Hey, we're still in the early stage of this story, Randy. I'm going to steal your idea there. You got there it. There you go. JR, the Blues are heading into training camp here and starting the season shortly. What are some of the needs that they have going into this 2023-24 season? Yeah, Kerry, I think, you know, the roster is pretty well set unless we see a trade. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't anticipate any sort of blockbuster trade before the season. You know, do they do they move a guy like Marco Scandella? I know that uh, there's a lot of depth on defense. They're eight or nine deep there, but teams like to have that. You know, but they're right next to the salary cap. And if you're going to try to get Scott Prinovich in games at some point, you're going to want to keep him uh, in the lineup. So maybe you move one of these guys, uh, Scandella's cap, you know, just over uh, the $3 million. So that would save you some. Uh, but, you know, you get into the season and you're going to need that depth. So that's always the age-old question for general managers. So in terms of their needs, you know, I look at it like this. What do they, what do they need once the season starts? Because the guys are in place right now. And, and the three things, look, we can talk to, hey, the defense needs to be better. You know, hey, Bennington needs to be solid for an entire season, so on and so forth. But I think what if we want to zero in on a couple items, you know, let's get a little detailed here. Uh, guys like Jacob Vrana, uh, Kasperi Kapanen and uh, Kevin Hayes, they came in on discounts. You know, Doug Armstrong is using that mechanism to kind of help keep the team competitive during a retool. And he said, these guys are motivated. Okay, let's see it. So, you know, if I listed one of the needs, let's see those guys 
uh, pay Doug Armstrong back for bringing them in here and counting on them as part of the team here for the retool. The, the second thing I would say a big need, yes, the power play needs to be better, guys, but the penalty kill. I mean, it got to the point last year where every time the other team went on the power play, I was just looking to mark down, okay, who scored the power play goal? For the game? <laughs> and that's what it got to. So, again, yes, the power play's got to be better, and, and perhaps it will be, uh, but you bring in a new assistant coach with Mike Weber who's going to take care of the D and the PK and, and hopefully see some help there. And then the last thing I'd say, Kerry, in terms of need is this, this has to be a team. It wasn't a team last year. They didn't come together. It was fractured. We heard it in the end-of-the-year interviews. And, and the will to be a team – if there's one thing that Craig Bruby said at the end of the year that really resonated with me is, you know, to, to want to go out there and do it for each other and, uh, and, and execution. You can talk about all the scheme you want, but the execution was not there last year. JR, one of the things that I look for in an analyst on TV or radio for sports is to learn something. And we learn a lot here about hockey from Jamie Rivers, who, by the way, provides skills knowledge for NHL players in addition to youngsters in the St. Louis area. I really think that the, the Blues and Bally Sports hit a home run by getting our own Jamie Rivers to be their analyst because Jamie does a great job of explaining the game for the layman. He really does. I think it was a great choice. Uh, there are many times throughout the season where whether I'm listening to 101 and, and Jamie's breaking down a play from the night before, or I turn on Bally's and he's on the pregame and he's talking about a play that happened the night before and he's using the telestrator. He's going all John Mandon us, breaking it down with mm-hmm. the uh, with the telestrator. And, you know, I think he does a great job of that. And, and look, I'm someone, admittedly, who did not grow up playing hockey. Uh, I started covering in 2006 on a full-time basis and, you know, tried to learn the game as quickly as I can. And at The Athletic, I've done a lot of film breakdowns, so I've kind of picked up on some things, but I didn't play. And so whenever I see or hear Jamie talk about the game, you know, I stop what I'm doing or I, uh, you know, tell the kids to, to shut up so I can listen to Jamie on television and, and, and watch uh, watch what he's breaking down. So I think it's a, a situation where they had a tough deal with uh, Darren Pang leaving and I know there were a lot of applicants, and I know that Jamie was atop their list as he should be, and I look forward to seeing his uh, his work this upcoming season. JR, we always look forward to your great work in the Athletic, too. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Have a good day. See you guys. Thank you. That's Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider from the Athletic, headed to a, to a colonoscopy. By Best the way, with, luck. yeah, yeah, good luck to him. Uh, with hockey season right around the corner, single game tickets for the Blues twenty three twenty four season go on sale. Tomorrow at 10 a.m., the season stacked with great giveaway nights, including a Jordan Bennington 2019 Champs Parade bobblehead and new and returning theme nights like Pickleball Night and Cardinals Night. To check out all the great ticket options, including 13-game mini plans, visit stlouisblues.com to secure your seats today. And single-game tickets for the Blues season go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. Learn more at stlblues.com slash tickets. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, we've got some NFL news and notes. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. NFL News and Notes here on 101 ESPN and bad news for Jamison Williams, the Cardinal Ritter product, a great athlete out of St. Louis. He's With the Detroit Lions, first-round draft choice last year was injured. Obviously, had been injured in the national championship game, so didn't get much of an opportunity to play. Then suspended for the first six games of this season due to gambling, and the NFL suspended him. And now he has suffered an injury that will keep him out for the rest of the preseason. Their head coach, Dan Campbell, said that uh, 
Williams hurt his leg after uh, being involved in a, a play. He hurt his leg mid-stride while running a deep ball route during seven-on-sevens, grabbing the right hamstring area, which will keep Jamison Williams out for the rest of training camp. That's unfortunate. I mean, he needs those reps. Obviously, he missed a lot of time last year coming back from the ACL tear uh, in college, his last football game. And now you uh, you know you're going to miss these games in the beginning of the, of the regular season. You want to get as many reps, play as much as you can to really get into football speed, uh, football pace of, of how things are played in the NFL. And it's a uh, it, it's. Uh, it's frustrating, I'm sure, for him because he's got all of the talent in the world. He's going to change that offense when he does get back into it. But, you know, we're going to see him not until, I guess, week seven now. And the NFL keeps preaching player safety. A suspension doesn't allow a player to enter the team's facility and be worked on by yeah. the team's medical people. If the league really cares about player safety and player health, they should waive his suspension in terms of not being able to see the teams of medical people. He should have access to and the teams of medical people should have access to him. They should have access to each other. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a, it's a tough situation when you have a player that is suspended and they can't be involved in anything, any team activities, no meetings, you know, no treatment for, for getting healthy and just sitting around in your own home or wherever you decide to go to try to stay in shape, try to stay healthy and get back to health is a, is a tough situation for players that are going through a suspension. The treatments always concern me too because then you worry about too how quickly they'll be able to get acclimated if they've been able because they're used to having the treatments yeah. right and then you're not going to have that access. Well, you you always I know when I would come home you know during the off season I had a therapist that I went to I went where I trained at and he would he knew pretty much everything that was going on with me during the season uh, once I got to the off season so it's not like he's going to not have access to that it's just not the the teams access that you have to it and then you got to pay for it yourself but that's another deal well speaking of another pro football thing mm-hmm. i guess you could say pro football now since college football has somewhat <sighs> turned into that it, yep. we could say <sighs> pro right you're a, you're a pro if you're getting paid for that sport What's very interesting, and people, of course, have been talking about this a lot with Mizzou NIL and Missouri, the the new bill that they have passed has really given Mizzou this new competitive edge where it's not that surprising that you saw like that big D-line men signing the other day. And I think the most intriguing part of this that's so unique is that um, now you high school athletes can start earning NIL revenue once a written agreement is signed according to this bill. This changes the game, especially for Mm -hmm. Mizzou when it comes to leveling the playing field a little bit, especially in the SEC, where you're able to go to a high school athlete and say, okay, we can already, we already have this and this and this lined up for you. Let's get this done. Yeah. I mean, it gives, it gives the university of Missouri a, a, you know, a leg up in, in the recruiting process, because if I can start paying you sooner then, you know, Ohio State can or Michigan can or, you know, UCLA or USC. I think that will keep these young uh, young men and young women that want to play for the University of Missouri or schools in the state of Missouri an opportunity to, to receive that money. I think it's a great deal for Mizzou football now. Does that mean that they're going to win football games? Not necessarily, because just because you get the the top four or five star athletes, you still got to coach them. You still got to put the game plan in place and still be able to go up against the Alabamas, the Auburns, the 
soon to be Texas and Oklahoma's of the world. That those are Tennessee. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You got to You got to have those LSU. It's, I mean Georgia. We haven't even talking about the national champions. So you still have to play the game, but it does give you an opportunity if you're at the University of Missouri to get the best athletes or the better athletes in your program and gives you a chance to win those games. Also, another part of the bill, I guess, that I didn't know until I was reading about it is that coaches are no longer prohibited from attending meetings between college athletes and a third party NIL entity. So when compensation is being discussed, I think that that is helpful because my biggest concern when I hear all that, it's fantastic. And I do think that these young athletes deserve to be paid. But what always concerns me is people getting taken advantage of. There's no way at age 18, 19 that I would have been able to handle that much of a cash flow coming in, understanding taxes, what this means, what these contracts mean that they're possibly signing with these businesses. I, I feel like that at least helps a little bit, too. And it gives me a, some more confidence with it. I don't know. There's always going to be people who are going to try to take advantage of situations. Yeah, I think, you know, the fact that the coaches can be involved, it, it can hopefully alleviate some issues. But I, I think, you know, instead of drinks sitting there, I'm sure you'll have some people that represent him and the football program that can assist that player to make sure that they're paying their taxes, make sure right. that they're not being taken advantage of. Make sure you're paying your taxes. Let me say that yeah. again. And that's the, the Mizzou Collective that's the is issue. all about that, which yeah. is great. Yeah. By the way, it's interesting. Right after the Supreme Court ruling, providing players the right to use their name, image, likeness to have their own money, we had Gary Pinkle on the show. And Gary said, hey, this is the way it's going to work. There's going to be a coach and a money guy from the university, and there's going to be a player and an agent, and they're going to walk, get together, and they're going to get in the player's house, and they're going to hash things out. And that's exactly yeah. what's happening now. Is Whether it's drink or a member of the staff, and there will be uh, essentially a, a cap person for the school that mm-hmm. will be there. And they'll say, okay, here's what we got, and they'll negotiate, and, and ultimately the player will, just like a free agent, agree to attend that u- that university. I think well, it's awesome agree for to the play players. for that football team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Going to school is uh, yeah. that's part of it, but, you know, we can't really play football, unfortunately. Um, I think it's awesome that players are finally getting their, their just due. I mean, this is from you know, Ed O'Bannon when he yep. first started this in, what, 10, 20 years ago? At least feels 20 like. years ago, yeah. And, and finally coming to fruition. And, you know, it, it's great because it started Ed O'Bannon was like, I'm on the cover of the basketball game. I don't get any money. You mm-hmm. all are selling. And, and truthfully, that's how it was. You got players that were in – NCAA football in NCAA basketball and playing the game with themselves, but not receiving any compensation for it. So for the players to start receiving some money for this is awesome. If you watch that Johnny Menzel documentary, which there's a lot of interesting stories Mm -hmm. as we discussed about that, he talked about that, seeing how many jerseys of his were sold and how frustrating that was for him as a player to know that he wasn't getting cut. Now, of course, if you watch, you see that he found other ways to get some money, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure that is weird for a player when you have you know, kind of the celebrity status like Johnny Manziel got during his college years where you see like, oh, I'm not getting a cut of any of this. Right. And now that it is legal, uh, Carrie, you've lived here all your life. I've lived here all my life. Uh, Brooke, you've been here a few years. I have never seen Missouri, the state of Missouri, be ahead of everybody else on anything. We're always kind of backward or behind. So this is kind of cool. Sure, we can't get sports gambling like all the surrounding states have. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Can we? Why is that still Because there's like one guy that's an idiot. He's just a bozo. Mm. I I just called a guy I don't even know, and I don't know the name of an idiot and a bozo. And you know what? I'm right. Um, But uh, it's cool to see that the state of Missouri, from a sports standpoint, is 
cutting edge and they're we're doing things we've we've introduced a bill and we're going to have a law that everybody else is going to have to follow that's cool i mean i'm 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 happy for the athletes it's uh, about time that they started getting paid from this billion dollar organization that has been receiving money for years paying coaches that can pick up and leave whenever they see fit and so now the players are are actually getting a, a portion of that awesome that is Kerry. That is Brooke. I'm Randy. It's the opening drive, 101 ESPN. We're going to head down the stretch with an edition of Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. And roll here on 101 ESPN. I don't think we have any breaking news to report, so we can just do what you planned on doing, Matthew. All right, sounds like a plan. We're going to start off with a little bit of football because yesterday uh, there were, there, a, a video came out from the Colorado University's spring practice, not spring practice, their fall practice, obviously, because that's what's, that's what's going on right now. And things are getting chippy. You know, it's hot. You know, we just talked about it a little bit earlier with training camp fights and things like that. Well, the, the Buffaloes had a little bit of their own training camp snafu and Deion Sanders actually wasn't too happy with how his team reacted to this little fight breaking out. Here was Deion Sanders in camp yesterday. I seen two of y'all walking off over there and you got to keep teammate fighting. What do they do there? Nowhere. Nowhere. Not what do they do there? Not Nowhere. here. In one fight, we all fight. You understand that? Yes, I don't want to see y'all walking off when somebody's fight. Yes, sir. Never again. How do you think about Deion Sanders? Yeah, he was one place. I was in there. What do you think about <laughs> Deion Sanders telling his team we don't walk away from a fight, we jump in it with our teammates? So here's what he's referring to. When you, and because I've obviously seen this many times, when you have teammates, you have a couple of guys going at it, offense, defense, maybe it's the DBs versus the wide receivers. They are scuffling. Two guys get into it. And if I'm a DB, now I got a bunch of wide receivers rushing in to jump on my other DB. Not jump on them, but, you know, be engaged in the fight. And if I'm a DB and I walk away and it's five wide receivers and one DB, that's a problem. Because you're essentially leaving your guy, you're hanging him out to dry. So what he's saying is when that takes place... I better not see none of y'all walking away again because that is not how we do things. That's not taking care of your brother. That's not being a great teammate. Obviously, you don't want people fighting in practice because that's how injuries occur. Guys break their hands trying to punch helmets. Dumbest thing I've ever seen. But, (laughs) you know, you got to make sure that you're in there to make sure that your teammate that is in the fire by himself doesn't feel like he's by himself. That's all it is. It makes sense. I think maybe you you, you make a comment to the guys fighting like, hey, we're not going to get hurt just because... Somebody got hit hard in practice. Hey, no, well, you not like, gonna break your hand just because somebody tackled you hard in practice. One thing about football is, if you let somebody hit you and you don't do anything about it, they're gonna hit you again. So you might, it might behoove you to stand up for yourself, or they're gonna be taking cheap shots all day long. What do you guys? Uh, what's your level of interest in watching? Colorado football this year. Mine's very high. It's never been high. Uh, I, I'm really interested to see how they perform with Deion Sanders. I'm, I'm I'm not as intrigued as some others may be. Uh, I think because one of the main issues, he had a really good team at Jackson State, but he didn't have the offensive line play to play with the big boys. That's where all the games are going to be won or lost. And right now, he got the skill guys, and I don't know if he was able to 
bring in those offensive linemen mm-hmm. that are going to be impactful that you need to have in Power Five football. So, I, I mean, it's like it's like having a, a nice car without an engine. It ain't gonna mm-hmm. go nowhere. You're just gonna <laughs> look at it and watch it. It's beautiful, but it ain't going nowhere. It's it's sitting right there on the on the side of the they'll road. Play, even though they don't have those guys, I, they'll play with some attitude, though. It'll, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, you have just, attitude and yeah. be small and get your butt kicked. Yeah, oh, they It'll will. be more <laughs> seeing like the story and how it unfolds. That's yeah. what I would be interested in. I don't know how tuned into the games that would be. And speaking of the story, this is actually kind of fun. Uh, September 30th, USC versus Colorado, Shiloh Sanders, defensive back for Colorado, mm-hmm. Brendan Rice, wide receiver for USC, Rice and Sanders again matching up on uh, on opposite sides of, of the ball. Nice. I love nice. like I'll watch great. I'll watch that whole USC Colorado game just to see the matchups between Jerry and Dion and their sons yeah, go back right. up against yeah, each other. Cool. That's fun alone. Um, speaking of something that was really cool yesterday at DeSoto Park, uh, north of the city. Uh, St. Louis City got together and announced a new program that they're doing. They're going to build 11 mini pitches. They're teaming up with American Family Insurance and the U.S. Soccer Federation to install 11 mini pitches. They've already announced three of the 11. It's going to go to Soda Park, Fairmont Park, and Ferguson um, is go- are, are where the first mini pitches are going to be. They're really beautiful. You can go online. A city's released a couple of the renderings, and they've already started construction in the DeSoto Park area and essentially they're hard courts they're going to be fenced in the goals are there they're going to have lights which are being uh, made by the same people who do the lights at city park they're going to have stands out there apparently there's already an adult semi-league that plays at DeSoto so the idea is to get kids involved people involved in more and more soccer just throughout the city and again three already planned eight more to come after that they're apparently going to work with city officials to figure out what are the best places and I like this the stipulation is Within 15 miles of City Park, there will be all 11 of these courts. Wow. This is the kind of stuff they talked about from the very beginning, and they just keep following up and do it. I love this announcement from City. City SC <laughs> does such a wonderful job of continuing to stick to their word, as you're saying, Brock, about impacting the city. And not just the city, but also the surrounding areas. It's such a blessing with everything that they've done. I'm surprised you didn't mention the video they also put out the other day. Zhao Klaus. Looking oh, like yeah, that, he was that, practicing. Yeah, that was yesterday. Um, everyone's been wondering. Zhao Klaus was um, last week running laps. Yesterday, though, they put out a little video, and you can see it. There's pivots. There's him digging into the ground to accelerate, him controlling the ball with both feet. That looks like a guy who is no longer afraid of his quad. And you can even see the quad very much because – I tell you what, soccer players wear short shorts. Um, the quad looks He's good. He's just tanning for, his legs. Yeah, he needs some of it. Jao Klaus uh, looked great in, 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 in practice yesterday, so he's coming back. I don't think he's going to be playing on Sunday. It doesn't look like uh, Joe Kim Nielsen's going to be playing on Sunday either, but nonetheless, those guys are on their way back, and they are both starters and top-level players at their position in the MLS. How does the uh, rest of the season fare for, the, for St. Louis City? I think we're looking. I think that they pull off probably. So it's eleven games. I think they probably win six, six or seven of those. Okay. I think they're a strong team. And again, you get uh, you get Joakim Nielsen back, and it's hard to say this. I think it's I think it's weird to hear it because the guy's never played in this league, and we've never seen him. But Bradley Carnell has said it multiple times. This guy is going to be one of the best center backs in the entire league when you get him back. And so that's you can't discount what that means when you're playing a style that puts so much pressure on your center backs. What does the uh, what do they look like in the playoffs? How, how, gets, how far? Well, it gets a little you make tricky. A prediction? Inter- Miami. Miami. You, no, make a prediction. Oh, now Inter Miami no, no, is no. going to make the playoffs. They're, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. Uh, they're, they're still last in the in, in the division, playing, aren't they? Or City's going to last. City's playing in the Western Conference Finals. Ooh, they're they're they're, they're a Final Four team in, in, in the MLS this season. Okay. That's what I'm putting. What down is Inter right Miami? They are probably going to make the playoffs as like the last seed in the East, and they will make and they will make a run to the championship game. 
Absolutely they will. No one's stopping him. He's scoring every single time. Every time. And and, and people have, have not talked about it because the names aren't as big, but Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba joining him, those are also world-class level talents. They're older, they're a little bit slower, but you're not noticing it in this league. And by the way, I wanted to make one more point. The best part about these city pitches that I love, lights and bleachers around them. There's also a plan going up in Forest Park right now where they're going to build basketball courts, which is a long time coming. But the two things they're missing, lights and stands around the thing so you can make a league of it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that's going to make these city, these these mini parks so special. That's what they need when they're building basketball courts in Forest Park. I love everything that's going on in the city right now. Love to see it. And by the way, I, uh, I remember back in 2011 when Steven Jackson missed like three and a half games with a quad injury. <laughs> What's well, a little That's different when you're weeks. running like six miles, isn't it? Three you, weeks. Do, you don't it's think Steven Jackson different. was running six miles? Not like during a game. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he, was running for, he was running back for the Rams. Yeah, he was for his life. A yeah, lot of his life. A lot of one-step shuffles in the backfield. Okay. So it's a lot of yards. So you're just saying that Steven Jackson wasn't tough? Okay, it's cool. Steven Jackson was the toughest. How dare you? Mm. Okay. Mm. Remember that play against the Eagles where he catches that ball and gets smoked over the middle of like a forty-yard gain? Yeah. Steven Jackson, and, and he pops right back up and yeah. does his little, you know, does his little yep. shimmy that he used to do. Yep. Steven Jackson was the best. He, don't, he don't, was. don't put that on big, me. Big you said a lot of things about me, Randy. Don't output. I'm saying that Steven Jackson's not. You just said that uh, Jao Klaus is tougher than Steven Jackson. I just I I want to dispute that a little bit. I said he runs longer during games. Oh. Randy, okay. did you say, did you mention the cheesecakes? Oh. Because uh, Randy Palooza continuing. Yeah, so cheesecake. Uh, so uh, I, I've got a, a great high school friend who decided to uh, do uh, yeah, uh, Randy Palooza this week. And so we're getting a lot of food. And Cheesecake Factory uh, is today's food. It's mm. wonderful. We're in another sugar coma. It's pretty good. It pretty is. Good. So thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. And we uh, appreciate the great job today by our producer and audio engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, hope that sugar coma doesn't last too long. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to go hit the Stairmaster again good. today. Good idea. How about you, CD? Hey, 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 hey. We found out what Carrie's weakness is, what your kryptonite is. <laughs> Cheesecake. Cheesecake. <laughs> and I, I got to stay away from it at hey, all costs. Uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great Friday Eve, everyone. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.